Hi, this is Sharon from the Loose Goose Initiative. I've come here to the house of Mario to inform you all that Bryce is indeed a silly goose. Now, I know this doesn't come as a surprise to anyone who has tuned into this podcast before. His glistening wings, stunning eyes and smooth feet are what all geese strive for. Such a magnificent being. Anyway, back to my family consisting of 25 sparrows. G'day everybody and welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by 120 Power Star Rating. I'm your host Drew Agnew and the doors to episode 186 are open. Almost forgot there. This week on the show we're going to be talking about Nintendo's future potential acquisitions. Uh, An OLED display company has mentioned the Nintendo Switch Pro and a former um, staff member of Retro Studios has suggested that we may not be getting a retro, uh, not a Metroid Prime trilogy. Wouldn't that be a shame if that was the case? The talk all about that is my best mate, Bryce DeWitt. Bryce, how are you going, my friend? Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's a bit weird this week. This is one of the rare episodes when you're we're not in person. I can't even see you. You're just like a like a. A godlike voice coming down from the the atmosphere and coming into my ear holes. So quite a Drew. Oh yes. I demand oh. you fetch me banana. Banana. Oh, I don't have a banana. Sorry, Bryce. I've got a can of coke. Ooh, Ooh miangi. 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 Well, don't be angry. Well, I know you've me had a banana. <laughs> I know you don't want a banana, Bryce. It's too late. You've probably had tea. Do you have bananas for tea, or what's your sort of um? How do you handle bananas? Were you just no, al- no banana? Were you just alluding to some Donkey Kong news we're going to be talking about later on? I had hot dogs. I guess you could turn them into a meat banana. A meat banana. <laughs> a Holy, meat banana. I don't yeah. know how I feel about a meat banana, Bryce. You could that could that <laughs> could refer to a few things. Meat banana. The meat banana. Delicious. Mmm. Beautiful. Jeez, yeah. mm. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, <laughs> like we were talking about before, Bryce, you've had a hell of a day. Um, you've had the TV repairman come. You've been without a TV for about a about a month or so, but I guess, uh, you know, you've had Nintendo Switch, so you could play your portable on the couch without the TV, but still, still a bit lame that you couldn't use your 65-inch. But tell us, tell us mm. a bit about your uh, adventures today because I actually found this pretty interesting. So, um, basically, I... Uh I went and got my TV repaired today after waiting for two months, and it was kind of uh, irritating, I suppose. Um, but the uh, panel had a slight clack, uh, clack Jesus, crack <laughs> on the LED layer, and um, it destroyed the entire TV. And like, I, I can't, I can't stress this enough. The crack was no more than like half a centimeter. It mm. was, it was so insignificant. It wasn't funny. And uh, I was very disappointed by that, considering this is easily the most expensive screen that I've ever purchased. You know, it was a, it was a bit over three k, uh, and I bought it specifically so that like next gen gaming was covered at least you know for the first few years, and mm-hmm. maybe down the line there'll be other options, cheaper options in which you know I can sort of jump in on the train there. Anyway, <clears throat> um, so repairman brought a uh, panel to my house today and um, 
I helped him sort of uh, just get shit in order so he could do it himself and all that stuff. And uh, he pulled it apart. Uh, it was a, it was quite a messy procedure. He uh, cracked the back of my TV quite a like by quite a large margin. There was yeah. a bunch of cracks. He said that um, it's not uncommon to see like a whole corner go missing. Jesus. Um, that is this guy. This, that is disheartening. <laughs> well, th- th- this guy, this guy, this guy repairs about six TVs a week, and he said it's not uncommon to see that when they do crack, um, like a whole chunk will come off it, and then it'll just be exposed until the back can be replaced. So yeah. mine wasn't quite that bad. Like I, I got some cracks in there, and you know that sucks and everything but one of the cracks is covered up by the stand which you have to screw in so you won't notice it anyway the other one is more noticeable which is annoying but it doesn't really matter anyway because uh, through Samsung care and all that stuff uh he should just be able to add that to the job log they'll send him a new back and they'll fix up my TV and then I'm pretty much like apart from the main board I might as well just have like an entirely new TV yeah. Which, yeah, and uh, I sort of I sat down and got to discussing with him because, like, you know, obviously with with the way gaming's going and stuff like that, these these TVs are becoming a necessity to actually utilize the hardware properly. Um, when when I bought mine at the time, the only two TVs that were uh, generation eight ready were. Uh, the Sony X nine hundred nine thousand H and the Samsung Q eighty T, and I got the uh, the Q eighty T because I've had uh, Samsung TVs that have lasted a very long time. Mm. Um, <laughs> I had one since I was a teenager that was like since I was a teenager, it lasted ten years. Yeah, um, yeah. This one lasted four months, and I'm very in like I'm I'm pretty extremely disappointed to be honest, and. Uh, after talking to him, he basically just laid it out there and said he's just like they're worthless. Like these days, like as cool as the technology is behind the LED panels, everything else is just absolute garbage. Like the protective layer and protecting protecting the LED screen is worthless. It doesn't protect anything. Um, that's why you got to crack under your screen as opposed to outside of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, He's sort of like the back is cheap. It's probably about a four dollar mold, and like keep in mind this is a sixty five inch TV, so it's quite a large back. He's like this mm-hmm. thing is cheap. Um, it's cheap on every TV. It doesn't even make up any of the cro- cost price. They use clips instead of screws to keep them in, which is why they break so easily because clips are obviously stretching the plastic when you're trying to take them out. So, um. They said the reason they do that is because they want to save money on screws. So they cheap out on that. Yeah. It sounds like they cheap out on literally everything apart from the the panel, which is pretty – It's disappointing. I guess uh, if uh, they did use like the premium screws and like a really nice solid back, you'd probably be paying a couple of grand more like realistically. So I don't know. Just – I don't know. Yeah. I don't (laughs) – it's just just kind of baffling like – TVs for me, like I, I haven't, I haven't bought a TV since 2013, and you know you look into it a fair bit at the time, but it's one of those products where you, you sort of don't think about it too much until it's like, oh, it's been 10 years, and I've got a brand new Xbox or PlayStation or future Nintendo Switch, it will be 4K uh, uh, compatible. So then you actually think about looking into it then. But 
It's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a bit of a shame that, you know, because you spent like three grand or so on this TV. Like, you know, yeah. that's a lot of uh, pocket change <laughs> to, to, be, yeah. to be spending on this type of thing and it just sort of breaks in the first four months, which is a bit unfortunate, but. Well, four months is ridiculous because every t- every tev- uh, Jesus Christ, I can't talk. Every television I've ever <laughs> owned has lasted seven years or more mm. before it's died. So when this 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 is the first TV I've bought, like brand spanking new, like right off the show floor, just off the show know, floor. from the box, <laughs> from the box, you know, whatever, yeah. and. Um, for it to last four months, I was I was exceedingly disappointed. But apparently, that's just how TVs are now. Mm. Like they make them so cheap that um, you know th- there's absolutely no way around it. But the um, the semi upside to that is because they're making them so cheap these days and like really cheapening out on the security measures and stuff like that, like they did with CRTs and... Um, <laughs> yeah, you're not getting into one of them, yeah. <laughs> no, and early LEDs, like, you know, they, they were pretty well covered. It was pretty hard to break them. Like, it would take a pretty decent, significant amount of force, but these days it only takes a hairline fracture. So, um, at least thanks to um, laws that protect the consumer, like, if, if they demand that I, I pay for that replacement... I can turn around and basically say, well, no, <laughs> uh, I had this TV for four months. It's easily the most expensive TV I've ever bought. Mm. And uh, every other TV I, has been cheaper, including my last one, which was a third of the price, lasted seven years. This is bullshit. I don't think that I should have to pay for this because let's be real, you know, for, for, for a half a centimeter crack, uh, for it to destroy it, like I couldn't use it at all. Uh, if I turned it on, like the the problem was a line, but eventually it got to the point where I'd turn it on, it'd be on for 10 seconds and then it would shut down in emergency mode. There was no way around it. So it was literally unusable. <laughs> so what was the first thing that you, uh, you put on once the TV was working again? Just watch Netflix or did you, you put on a game and enjoy the, the nice 4K-ness once again? Uh, near replicant. Oh, oh, yeah, you picked that up, right? So that you you finally mm. were able to play that a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I picked it up while I was on. I picked yeah. it up while I was on holiday. So yeah, cool. I was like, all right, yep, cool, gonna play that. And now, um, I've ordered like a a uh, screen protector thing that's like three millimeter thick plastic that you sort of uh, hang off the top and velcro around the back. Mm. Um, so that you know, if 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 by any sense and reason because i still don't think it was the kids because it was just so mediocre of a damage um if if it happens to be kid damage at least it's going to be protected and it's going to take a much more significant amount of force than just yeah. what it got yeah big, um big you got, you got to teach the kids that uh tvs are not big ipads you can't go up to them and touch them <laughs> they're not no, made to be and touched. i mean and I mean that's true, yeah. But like, um, I just feel like it could it could have been done so easily by anything. Oh yeah. You know, it, it's it's actually kind of stupid how you know small the crack was in comparison to the actual problem. Like it wasn't even the crack that was significant. If it would if it was just a crack, and you know, it it was there and it was a little little annoying to look at. I probably would have just went oh oh well well 
that's that's whatever. But it killed my TV entirely. <laughs> so um, I had a I had a three thousand dollar brick sitting on my TV cabinet for the last two months. <laughs> yeah, wicked. <laughs> mm, yeah, uh, it would shit TVs. me. TVs, shit me too, man. You, at least you got a podcast. You can come on and be like, you know what? I'm bloody pissed. It took two months to fix this bad boy, but it's finally fixed. But I'm still pissed. Everyone's just like, yeah, well, fair enough, man. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I do I do want to put it out there that um, Samsung were very helpful throughout the process, though. They constantly kept me updated because they had to uh, they had to um, employ someone to come out and, well, contract, I suppose. They had to contract somebody to come out and do it uh, locally because I'm not a metropolitan area customer. So they contracted someone to come out and do it and do whatever, and they gave me, you know, the guy with a fair bit of experience and he sort of put it out there and he's just like, yeah, you know, you're under Samsung care for the first three years. So this should be covered. I'm like, fantastic because I don't understand why I'd have to pay for this. This is kind of just bullshit. Mm. Um, so yeah, and it's fine. Basically he's just like, all right, don't worry about it. You'll probably get an email saying, how was your, how was your experience with us? You can choose to answer that. And then uh, be on your way and re-enjoy your TV again. I said, thank you. It's been two months. I can finally catch up on Desperate Housewives, for goodness sakes. It took fucking too long to get back to my Desperate Housewives. What's going on with Cheryl? Who knows? Mm-hmm. I haven't had my bloody TV. Anyway, Bryce. Cheryl's a slut. We don't talk about <laughs> Jesus. Cheryl's a very nice lady, Bryce. Don't you dare say that about her. I've got something <laughs> to cheer you up, though, Bryce. we got another five-star... Apple podcast review. Would you like me to read it to you, Bryce? Mm. You can't you can't see yes, it. Mate. You're coming from the no, ether. And much like everyone else, we're just coming from the ether as well into your headphones. Hello everyone. So Hello. <laughs> the title of this one is called The Doors Are Open. It's five stars. And it's by Kempos2112 from Australia. And it reads Always know that once the doors to the House of Mario podcast are opened, you will be in for a treat. I always enjoy catching up on the latest Nintendo news and banter uh, from two SA legends. Keeps me up to date with a smile on my face while I'm driving to the office or customizing controllers after hours. Keep it up. Now, Bryce, that last bit there, so customizing controllers after hours. Does that ring a bell of who this potentially could be from Australia? Yes, it does. It does, doesn't it? So, yeah, so thank you very much to, uh, um, yeah, War gaming. We for, are robots. Yeah, we are robots for uh, leaving us a review. Really appreciate that. And if it isn't you guys, and uh, it's just some other controller customizing people, thank you very much. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know when I can uh, say this, but um, I am organizing a custom controller with them guys. It just uh, comes down Beautiful. to comes down when we can fit into the line and get that made. So I'm looking forward to sharing that in the future as well. Looking forward to saying that. Hell yeah. And I also want to have a guru geek out this week um, about Paul James, our friend Paul James Bryce. He's doing absolutely- Ah, Padge. Yes, Padge. He's doing absolutely fantastic work. I just want to put everyone his way that might not be familiar with him. I know a lot of our listeners and a lot of our friends are definitely familiar with Paul James. But uh, if you want to go and check out his written work on player2.net, you can go and check out his reviews and editorial stuff over there. He's an absolutely fantastic writer and an absolutely amazing voice in the Australian games industry. But- uh, 
the, the uh, sort of the main thing I want to point everyone towards is his podcast and interview series called Dev Diary. And Dev Diary, every two weeks, he goes and talks to a different uh, game developer. And um, he's got people all big and small all over the industry, a lot of indie Australian guys, as well as um, some big names you might recognize as well. And his last episode, he talked to um, Rami Ismail. And it was an absolutely fantastic discussion. I haven't actually heard Rami sort of talk in uh, person before. It's always been on, on Twitter and stuff. He's always been a f- fascinating guy and um, sort of the journey he's gone through just, uh, just it was absolutely amazing. He, got, he travels all over the world doing um, sort of speeches and helping, um, you know, developers in countries that don't speak English have access to tools and um, opportunities that a lot of people in maybe um, more fortunate countries, let's say, that, you know, speak English and have access to money and resources. And it was absolutely an amazing discussion. It really did sort of open my eyes and um, it was just uh, fantastic. I want everyone to go and check that out. Absolutely amazing. Uh, If you want to go and follow Paul, you can find him at, let me pull it up here so I don't butcher it, but it's pretty obvious. You can follow him at Paul James Games. Go and check him out. Keep up with uh, Dev Diary. It'll be an absolutely amazing addition to your podcast queue. It won't uh, take too much of your time. Every fortnight or so, an amazing interview and a uh, sort of a, a look into the games industry. So definitely go and check that out. Ross, do you have any uh, Guru Geek out for this week, my friend? Um, I kind of just want to put it out there that, uh, and I mean, for anybody that has been paying attention, um, I just want to give a shout out to our little community in general, I guess. Um, it's uh, been happening over the past few days after a little challenge from Dane. To you, yes, yes. To do, pack, to do to do a big old pack battle, and uh, the hype the hype is real, and we've got like <laughs> a few people in on it now. Um, I really I really wanted to join in in some way, but I just bought Pokemon cards, and obviously I'm like looking at this TV, and I'm like, damn, I. <laughs> I I don't think I can do anything about this until I know what kind of a situation I'm in. So instead of joining in on the pack battle, I will be the scorekeeper. And um, I think we've got four people in total opening ETBs, and we're going to do one big old pack off and see who comes out as the winner. But the the hype around it has been uh, a lot of fun. We've been like lightly talking in group discussions and stuff. I've got like little mischievous ideas in my head about like how I want to run things as the scorekeeper. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't tune into me streaming last night because it was like a last minute thing. Mm, yeah. But, how, how, uh, did that, how did that go? Oh no, not, not, not much going on, man. Like it was so short notice and so late at night. I wasn't expecting anything. I, but, I, I uh, saw the message uh, this morning. I'm like, Oh, Cool, Bryce is streaming. <laughs> I, I, I tell I tell you who did pop in. Who popped in? Good friend at the show, Jamie Penning. Oh, Penning, good on him. And um, he would have loved you. He would have loved your Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck is this? Uh, <laughs> it, it was it wasn't just Final Fantasy fourteen though. We actually got to talking about because um, I sort of light discussed with him about what the score rules should be. Yes, so yes. between okay. me and him, we devised we devised a bit of a a bit of a plan. So I've got that written down. I like it. Um, and then uh, I opened some Shining Fates, uh, fifty packs worth on the online game. Okay, just for Jamie's viewing. So that was fun. <laughs> Exclusive for Jamie. Fantastic. Yeah, it was. It was. Did you get anything good? For, oh yes. Are you gonna tell me what you got from the code cards? <laughs> 
I opened 50 packs. I got three Ditto Vs, mm. two of your best friend. Oh, Lapras? Uh, no, Shiny. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, shiny Trucks True City. Oh, you got three, yeah. <laughs> I got four of the bars. Uh, I, I, did, I did get a Lapras VMAX, which was nice. Uh, I got two Alchemy Hyper S. Yeah. But not a single Shiny Charizard. No so, Charizard. But that's all right. That's $7 well spent for 50 packs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess a, just a, a little bit more information before we um, jump to the rest of the show about our uh, Shining Fates Elite Trainer Box opening or break or whatever you want to call it. Um, we will be streaming it live on youtube.com slash idruby and it will also be posted as an audio podcast um, on this feed. So mm-hmm. it will be episode 187 of this podcast. So it'll be audio friendly. You'll be able to follow along in the car at work or whatever. And you'll be able to join in the fun there. Um, I cannot wait for this, man. It's going to be so much fun. It really is. Absolutely. Yeah. What is it? Friday night? Yeah, Friday night. Um, I think that's what everyone decided on. I sort of I, I put into cool. our group chat like numerous times like, Hey guys, what what time and date do you want to do? <laughs> it was like no response, no response. Then someone's just like, yeah, make it Friday. I'm like, yeah, all right, Friday suits me. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, so hopefully, so we, uh, with four of us, there'll be forty packs to open all up. So surely, well, I mean, you open fifty, so I open <laughs> not, fifty not necessarily. <laughs> but uh, maybe no. maybe we'll get that uh, elusive physical uh, Vmax shiny Charizard. Wouldn't. Mm. Oh man, I want it so bad. I, want it I so think bad. everybody does, but that was kind of the same when I was opening Champions Path and got the Charizard V. Yeah, like I'm like I want that card, but there's there's no way in hell I'm getting it. And then next thing you know, well, <laughs> well. I had it in my hand. And I was like, shit. Nice. Oh man, oh, I can't I can't wait for this. It's gonna be so much fun. So just. Keep an eye out on the podcast feed and uh, YouTube. Check it out. Obviously, if you do want to see uh, our faces and the cards, it will be on youtube.com slash idruby after the live stream. All right, Bryce. I think that's uh, pretty much for the, the start of the show. We talked about TVs, Pokemon card openings, uh, Paul James. Talked a lot about Paul James. He's a legend. But let's, uh, let's talk about some Nintendo news. How do you feel about that, my friend? Yeah, right. Yeah, why not? Yeah, right. Yeah, well, I guess we should at the house, Murray. Yeah, why not? I time for my friends. That was my <laughs> doesn't work so well over <laughs> over the internet, does it? Well, it, it doesn't. It doesn't because, um, <laughs> like, not only just that, but like, as as good as the roadcaster is, and a revolutionary little piece of technology mm-hmm. as it's been for our podcast. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, as soon as you as soon as you start playing sounds, they cut in and out constantly, so it's hard to like. I think it's a bit too much. Out. It's a bit too much to go over Discord. I think. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah, shit, which yeah. which is kind of like, well, I kind of just have to guess here. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. You listen back to the MP3 when it's uh, when it's up. You, you got it pretty pretty right. It just sounded like you just stumbled into a party. But yeah, what's up, boys? <laughs> my time for my friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bryce. So the first story comes uh, from way of videogamechronicle.com and the title reads: Nintendo says future acquisitions. Uh, would be driven by tech innovation. And Nintendo has said that any potential acquisitions it makes would be driven by the company's need to keep pace with rapidly advancing technology. So the article reads, President Shintaro Furukawa discussed the company's plans for its 1 trillion yen, 
which is uh, 9.2 billion US dollars, uh, war chest during a press conference following Thursday's uh, publication of its full year earning results. Quote, we need to secure cash revenues to ensure financial stability, but we need to respond to rapidly advancing technological innovation. We may require companies that process the technology or possess the technology. End quote, he said. Uh, Farrakawa said in February that simply increasing the size of Nintendo's development teams through acquisitions would not be prudent as it wouldn't necessarily, necessarily result in higher quality games lineup. He told Nikkei that the company's approach to M&A is based on whether potential targets can improve the value of entertainment that Nintendo provides. The the platform holder announced in January that it was buying Luigi Mansion uh, 3 developer Next Level Games, its first acquisition in over a decade. The Vancouver, Canada-based studio has worked on several Nintendo franchises over the past 15 years, including Mario Strikers Charged, Punch-Out!, and uh, Metroid Prime Federation Force. So I guess this is just a bit of a business insight into what Nintendo is potentially looking at in the future, um, that they're not necessarily interested in buying brand new studios to um, produce games, but they are looking at basically uh, technology that they think will improve over their hardware, software, lineup, um, things like that. So I know like a lot of people are sort of maybe are looking towards Sony and uh, Nintendo since uh, Microsoft is on such a huge rampage with, uh, you know, buying Bethesda and uh, a lot of other studios in 2018 and 2019. But um, also something from this article that really uh, stood out to me because I, I, I never looked into necessarily how much money Nintendo is sitting on. We know it's a lot and it is a lot. It's uh, $9.2 billion. But just put that in perspective that Microsoft uh, bought Bethesda for seven billion, and that's sort of like pocket change. When <laughs> when when's like nine billion dollars is like this is all of our money from one of our most su- successful eras, being the Wii and the DS era from uh, was it two thousand and four to two thousand and twelve. So there's a <laughs> it puts a lot of things into perspective. Nintendo is a a big corporation, but um, it's still uh, still a very small guy compared to um even Sony and especially compared to Microsoft. But uh, do you have any thoughts on um, what uh, potentially this could mean for the future of Nintendo's acquisitions? I kind of think that it's the right move. Um, I don't think they really need any other developers under their belt for what they currently have. Like it's quite obvious that they are, interested in putting out new IPs and all that stuff as well. But I think they're pretty confident that the studios that they have uh, will cover it. Though, as we've discussed in prior episodes over the past few months, it's kind of a surprise that, um, you know, they haven't bought like Bandai Namco at this point or something because the amount of, uh, the amount of effort that comes in from them on Nintendo titles now is quite big. Um, But, you know, even so, it doesn't really matter all that much. Um, definitely hampering down on the technology side of things, making you know the Switch or whatever comes after it rather such a powerful piece of technology to run whatever you decide to put on it um, and still keep it handheld would be awesome. Mind you, I don't know 
uh, what they're really planning apart from an OLED screen. So, yeah, it, uh, like it, 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 it's hard to tell where they'll buy. Yeah, it might not necessarily even mean like you know buying um, stuff for hardware development. It might be like, yeah, that's a really useful um, application that will really help us uh, move our uh, development time. Um, like cut it down and stuff like that. So it might not be related to that type of stuff at all. It might be like very back-end type of uh, stuff that helps Nintendo function as a developer. But um, I guess we'll find out in the future what they ended up <laughs> spending their, their pocket change on, whether it's uh, something interesting or it's just like, well, I guess that's just uh, something something behind the scenes that we'll never know about, which is probably more too, or less the case. Too long didn't read. Uh, guys, they won't be buying Unreal Engine anytime soon, oh, so God don't no. stress. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo will not be gatekeeping Unreal Engine. <laughs> they only have seven billion dollars. But in saying that, though, before before we put before we pass on, how badly could Microsoft dominate the gaming industry at the click of its own fingers? Yeah, no, no joke. Obviously, there's laws and things like that that uh, stop. Um, monopolies from happening within industries but yeah I, I could only imagine they only they only have to buy the right companies though like it's it's not even so much about like quantity it it's more or less uh, the quality of the companies that they purchase obviously Bethesda was a big one for them yeah like uh, like Bethesda they're only like a couple more moves away from like really affecting the games industry in a way that if you want to play a significant amount of um, the type of games that are out there, that um, you'll have to get an Xbox. Like, for example, like on EA has had a really strong relationship with Xbox for for years now, and obviously they've got a absolutely fantastic relationship with having EA Access a part of Game Pass. Where if you pay for mm-hmm. Game Pass, you get all of EA Access's uh, back catalog, which is a great deal. Um, but it it does go it does go to show like if um say Microsoft said, oh, you know what, we are going to put in a, I don't know, a 30 friggin' billion dollar acquisition, like really just like really open up their wallet and like try and buy someone like that and make their games exclusive. You could just imagine that. But I don't think I have to worry about that because they've obviously got a partnership where Microsoft doesn't have to um, purchase them outright. And uh, we sort of see that mm-hmm. with um, Sony as well. Sony... They don't, they don't have the billions of dollars to throw around like Microsoft is, so they're making um, a bit more smaller acquisitions, whether it's just like, all right, um, exclusive rights to the Final Fantasy games for a year or forever or whatever it is and um, putting more money into our own teams that already exist and maybe um, breaking off into a, a two teams or something like that. Um, so, yeah. I, just, um, I don't see Nintendo having to compete necessarily on... Um, like with Microsoft, but it's definitely something they've got to keep an eye on because they can't just uh, they can't just let them go off and have mm. a you know almost thirty so uh, teams pumping out games for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, bro. So let's move on. So this uh, this story here kind of solidifies a rumor that we talked about a month or so ago about the OLED uh, displays coming in the brand new model of the Switch. This uh, article comes from Nintendo Life and it's titled OLED Display Firm Mentions Switch Pro During Its Q1 Investors Call. And the article reads, While Nintendo continues to focus on the current Switch model and the Switch Lite, both of which are selling better than expected, reports that it's working on a new Pro model refuse to go away. 
During Universal Display Corp's recent Q1 investors call, uh, thanks to Spawnwave, reports regarding the new Switch model using an OLED panel were referenced. Company CEO and director Stephen V. Amberson noted, quote, Nintendo has selected an OLED screen for the new Switch Pro due to OLED benefits of higher contrast and faster response times. Back in March, we reported on numerous uh, on sorry on rumors that the new model would include a Samsung-made seven-inch OLED screen. Samsung is one of the many companies which licenses photosuorescent OLED tech from Universal Display Corp. So, what kind of gets me about this story? It's like you know, it, it could very well be real. Like I'm um, looking into Spawn Wave. He he wouldn't necessarily put out there like a fake story or whatever, but it's just weird to me that he was um, the director uh, of the company, Stephen V. Amberson. He's quoted for saying uh, an OLED screen for the new Switch Pro, which is like, okay, is this new model actually called the Switch Pro? Because I kind of like, you know, chances are it's not called the Switch Pro. Mm-hmm. And like him quoted for saying Switch Pro, is that just uh, a word? Because it's in the ether at the moment. Is he just referring to a new Switch uh, and just referring to it as Switch Pro? Or is this just some? It just sounds like something someone could have been like, oh, yeah, no, nah, definitely. Um, he said that it's in the Switch Pro. But it's actually, yeah. it, it could potentially be just be called the the Switch and it's just uh, upgraded. You know what I mean? Like it, I don't know if they're going to go with the whole Pro moniker that um, PlayStation 4 went with uh, back in 2016. But Interesting regardless, it seems, um, I think, uh, you know, that these rumors at the end of the day are going to be real. I think it's a, pr- a logical step that Nintendo would be upgrading a screen in a new model. And the OLED is uh, kind of the, the way to go as far as that goes. So I wouldn't be surprised that this is real. But I just found that quote a little bit strange. Don't read too far into it because at this current point in time, it's a code name. Like the thing is, is that um, yeah, no matter what, you know, if, if somebody's throwing out their Switch Pro uh, out of the ether, there's been no other information out there, what have you. It's it's just under a code name. I I don't think they would name it the Pro. I think they'd very clearly name it something else. Uh, if they do, then I guess I'll eat my socks or something. I don't know, but yeah. Um. And at this current point in time, like for the drawing board references, it's a Switch Pro. You know, they've got a they've got a Pro controller. So true. What about yeah. a Pro console? It makes me. So it makes it doesn't. Yeah, sorry. Um, it it just makes me wonder, like using the moniker Pro, because like with PlayStation, when they brought out the the PlayStation Four Pro, that was very much targeted at uh, consumers that are wanting a bit more from their gaming, and they could see probably in their results or their uh, data. But people were saying, you know what? I want a bit more out of my gaming. I'm going to go to PC gaming so I can, you know, get my better graphics. So I can get 4K resolution, all that type of thing. And I think uh, they were sort of like, all right, we've got to offer uh, an alternative to those types of people who want to spend a bit more money, who do want 4K and a bit more um, cons- consistent frame rate and that type of thing. So that's where that sort of pro moniker came from. And um, Apple is a company that uses it a lot as well in their um well, everything actually now. <laughs> yeah. and, and it used to mean like it is for the professional. So like the MacBook Pro, that is for the professional who's editing video, all that type of stuff that needs uh, that um, that computing power. But even they, they sort of move towards like, all right, these are the AirPods Pro. Pro just means it's better. Uh, the iPhone um, 11 Pro or whatever model of iPhone you have, 
that's not necessarily like a professional phone, but it's a, a much better, like it's got a more camera features. It's, you know, got, got all that type of thing on it, whatever, but it's not like necessarily like a massive jump. So Nintendo, I guess they could potentially be using the pro um, word at the end, but it just, Nintendo don't, I don't see them being like, oh, this is for the, the professional type of thing. But like you said, they do, they do call their controllers, the pro controller and, it's the only controller they have <laughs> apart from mm-hmm. the Joy-Con. It's yeah. just like, this is the only normal controller you offer. And it's called a pro controller. I think, uh, I think, I think I stand by my original thing. I think the statement to take away from it mainly is just, they've already got the pro, the word pro in their lineup. So this is just the easiest chalkboard, uh, I guess, development name for it. Um, it's it'd be quite interesting to see what happens when it does come out because obviously we've had a lot of rumors with like the Super Switch or you know something something along the lines of that. But um, I mean, I, I guess I guess I'm just more curious now that the Switch is four years old um, and that this is going to be pushed out. I know what they're trying to do. They're kind of like, well, we want something that can try to keep a pretty consistent rate on games like Breath of the Wild as opposed to, you know, dropping in and out like Breath of the Wild typically does. Yeah. Um, on, on, on PCs, Breath of the Wild plays flawlessly no matter where you go uh, with, with like all the bells and whistles like 4K and stuff like that. Um, and experiencing that myself, I'm kind of like, damn, this is really pretty and I really want this, but there's no way they're going to achieve something like that on a regular Switch. So they kind of want to accentuate that and make that possible in the current Switch, I guess, lineup. Mm. Um, but as, as it stands right now, I think like we will get those things and I think they will be nice things. But I think the big <laughs> curious thing at the moment is... Um, whether they will push on and sort of try to incorporate those things as a baseline in the new console um, and whether that new console is going to be along the same lines of the Switch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I um, I think it will be... I think it will be like a pretty good step up. Maybe not necessarily like the next console type of a step up you would expect, but um, it'd definitely be like a, a more significant step up than, say, the new 3DS, for example, which was just like, oh, it's got a bit more RAM. Congratulations. You can go back to uh, the menu in Super Smash Brothers and uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon. That is the feature, and it's got a nice <laughs> little nipple you can play with in Monster Hunter. Enjoy that, my friends. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'm just looking forward to seeing what this thing is. Uh, we'll, we'll continue just uh, talking about every little... Um, I guess, bit of information that comes out just to keep people informed. But there's only so much you can sort of say on it where it's like, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure this is somewhat real. And if it's not, well, well, we're going to see it anyway, regardless. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. So this article is also from Nintendo Life and the title is Metroid Prime Trilogy uh, Switch Port. Unlikely, says former Retro Studios dev. And the article reads, It's another tough week for Metroid fans. Michael uh, uh, Wicken, uh, the former lead uh, designer on all three Metroid Prime games, talked to Facebook to discuss why he thinks a port of the Metroid Prime trilogy isn't likely to happen. Quote, The biggest issue is that Retro Studios 
uh, no longer has a functional editor tools uh, to work with the Prime code base. So everything has to be brute force hard-coded. Uh, rebuilding the hundreds of uh, interaction sets in Metroid Prime 3 alone. Not to mention retuning the game to play to take in the slower engagement pacing of controversial no, uh, conventional controls would probably take a year with a uh, four to five person team full-time by itself, end quote. Uh, rumors of the re-release of Metroid Prime Trilogy have been making the rounds since at least 2018, but nothing has ever come of them. If uh, uh, Wiccan's uh, testimony is to be trusted, which is likely, which it likely is, as someone who is intimately familiar with all three games, uh, then it's just a rumor and no more. Quote, I'm pretty skeptical it will happen. It was, it was a straightforward update to uh, Metroid Prime 1 and Metroid Prime 2 to motion controls. But converting Metroid Prime 3 to normal controls would be a, a, a Herlurkian... Oh, I can't pronounce it. I can't get in there, bros. Herlurkian uh, effort. You know what I'm trying to say, though. <laughs> Her Herculean. Hercu I, can't, I can't even say it. I know what it is. It just won't come out of mouth. Her Hercules, Herculean. Herculean. Yeah, there we go. I got it. Thank you. Uh, as it can be <laughs> scripted very specifically from volumetric triggers to detect the motion in precise manners to do uh, specific switches. And the bosses are tuned to take into account the ease of uh, gestural aiming, end quote. It wouldn't be the first time that a port has been uh, rendered impossible by, uh, by the lack of uh, decent archiving and uh, preservation in the games industry either. Final Fantasy VIII was inf infamously not included in Square Enix releases of the old Final, Final Fantasy games in 2018 because the masters, the original code for the game, were lost. Even the games that did not get saved in some form are still involved in having to recreate the backgrounds and character art because the art in the old games has been compressed to save space and the HD versions has have evidently been thrown away or lost. So a bit of an interesting tidbit there, Bryce. So um, this has been a rumor we've all, be, all been sort of hoping for. I think from a, a marketing perspective, uh, it would be make a lot of sense. So we have Metroid Prime 4 announced, obviously not coming out for a long time, still not coming out for a long time. We know that development for that game has just been thrown in the bin, restarted at Retro Studios because uh, Nintendo's sort of uh, way of developing that game was kind of similar to what Ubisoft do with their games. They've got studi studios from different parts of the world all uh, putting into the one game, but that's just not how Nintendo uh, seems to de develop their games. So um, they've given it to Retro Studios and they're still you know, doing hires here and there, which we talk about on the show. Um, but here we, here we have a designer of a Metroid Prime trilogy, um, saying that it's unlikely to happen. Now, he doesn't actually know that it's happening or not happening. He just says like, holy shit, boys, that is a lot of work you got to do to get that bad boy the Switch. So I don't think they'll be doing that because that would be pain in the ass and maybe not the return Nintendo's looking for. But Bryce, what do you have to say about this? I don't think it'd be impossible to move them to standard controls. I just think that, you know... In terms of money, time, and effort, especially since they've already got Metro Prime 4 on their plate and it's already been delayed and late for so long, like I could probably understand it from that perspective if we're talking about converting it to regular controls. Mm. Um, but like if Metro Prime 4 wasn't so heavily, heavily sort of in their focus site, 
I see no reason why they couldn't do it or whether they palm it off to another team to do it. I'm not really sure. Um, I mean, either or. I don't think it's impossible. That being said, you know, he was he was sort of heavily involved, so he, he knows the amount of effort that goes into it, but that's nothing to say that it has to be handled by Retro internally. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, it could be passed on quite easily. Yeah, there's there's plenty of teams at Nintendo that could potentially do it. Like, this could be done by a technical team at um, Nintendo America in their treehouse. Um, and yeah. th- they've actually... Well, they tried to handle four in-house, remember? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So maybe they moved it there. Maybe they moved the trilogy there instead and then gave for a trophy. four. Yeah, potentially. Obviously, we got no idea, but um, the Met- Metroid Prime series has been handled by... Um, I forgot the name of the development team at Nintendo America. It was in... I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's basically a team at Nintendo America that just handles uh, technical stuff. And they actually made a game called Metroid Prime Hunters on DS, which was mm-hmm. a ton of fun. It was absolutely fantastic gameplay for the DS back in 2005 or 2006. It was just an amazing sort of a feat for the DS. So it Especially could be- since it was near launch too. Yeah, like obviously the demo came with the DS back when it launched. I actually missed the demo. I mm-hmm. got it a few months after launch, so I guess... I got nothing with my DS. God damn it. I just had to play Super Mario 64 DS. <laughs> God forbid. Playing um, those mini games. Blackjack with Luigi was great fun. <laughs> so, Bryce, that was, I guess that was sort of our, um, that's how we sort of reacted to that news. But, oh no, Metroid Prime Trilogy could potentially be hard and not coming to Switch. Oh dear. Um, mm. Is that how you might res- sort of expect that people might react to that type of news? Or do you reckon they might? maybe react a bit differently on say Twitter or these social medias. Um, I mean, I, I can tell where you're going with this already. Can, I think, yeah. I think it's, I, I think it's kind of unreasonable to be like too upset about it. There's, there's more than enough options uh, to get the game if you wanted to. Um, especially if you go and pick up a secondhand Wii U, which there's plenty Plenty roaming in the wild for all the people that care about ne- uh, care about Metroid enough to go back and grab the trilogy. <laughs> there's not or, there's not many Wii U's, but there are plenty because no one wants them. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Except yeah. for Bryce, he's got two. He loves his Wii U. I do. I have two. I have two Wii U's. So yes, I'm Bryce Scott there was though. I don't have fucking eight. <laughs> all that YouTube money he's making, but he's spending on Wii U. I guess what else do you spend spend your money on? Yeah, he loves Wii U, man. He's I know. <laughs> he, he, he literally just went and bought like eight. I still I still regret not picking up the one that was sitting in our EB games for like 120 hundred and twenty dollars with Mario Maker two. Uh Mario Maker two, Mario Maker one. Yeah, was that was that a new Wii U or was it? Yeah, new? yeah, it was boxed, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they really wanted to get rid of it. That's a so hundred and twenty bucks. Like maybe not necessarily now because uh most of the games you want to play are on Switch, but at that time, like 120 bucks, going with Mario Maker and get Smash Brothers and Mario Kart 8, like you'll have a bloody blast with you know 200 bucks worth of games there. You you say that, but it still likes the one thing that it, I mean, it still has what the one. Uh, Jesus, it still has the one thing that the Switch lacks, and that's Virtual Console. Yeah, I guess. Mm. I guess, bros. In spades. In spades. Oh yeah, of course. Including Metro Prime trilogy. Uh, trilogy. <laughs> trilogy. 
I love the twins. Twins. <laughs> I can't. Twins. I can't speak over. I couldn't even uh, pronounce Herlurkian. I still can't. I still can't. <laughs> Herlurkian. Herlurkian. I don't know what's wrong Herculean. with me. Herculean. Herculean. Oh shit! See, that's the thing. When I turn on the microphone, it's like, well, I can talk, but not well. Not well. Maybe you should, maybe we should do the podcast without actually recording it, but I'll be actually able to uh, maybe pronounce some things. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to jump. Um, that was that was a segue, Bryce. This is a, another um, article from Nintendo Life, and it's titled "Former Metroid Prime Lead Designer Targeted with Abusive Messages." So, all right. So let's see what's going on within the Nintendo community here, Bryce. There's a bit of a some uh, bad actors within our little uh, circle around here. So sadly. Uh, Wilkins' uh, comments appear to have upset some people within Metroid's community. The former Retro Studios developer is now apparently being targeted with abusive messages. This information was shared by a Metroid fan website, uh, uh, Shine Sparkers. Quote, We've been informed that the developer mentioned has been targeted with abusive messages directed at his personal account on social media. The Metroid community is better than this. Please be, be kind. End quote. As highlighted by much more reasonable fans online, we couldn't have actually said the trilogy wouldn't happen. He just said he was pretty skeptical and believes it would require a lot of hard work to make it happen, especially the third game. These comments about Metroid Prime Trilogy follow on from years of rumors, switch listings on retail websites and insider predictions. Back in 2019, Imran Khan who was with Game Informer at the time, said the trilogy collection for Switch had been long done and Nintendo was just waiting for the right moment. So, like we said before, this is just someone's opinion who worked very closely with uh, all three games, knows them inside and out, no longer works at Retro Studios, just put it his two cents on social media saying this is going to be maybe a bit hard and Nintendo might not be doing it. But just the, the response that... um. It got from people like, no matter what they do or say, anyone on the internet, I don't care who they are. You never send them an abusive message. You never, you never do anything like that. It's just disgusting. And these, these are just, um, this is just someone talking. Like, I don't know, abusing this guy isn't going to get the uh, the games ported to Switch. This is just uh, some guy at the end of the day. So just uh, no good. I think, um, I think we need to do better than this, Bryce. I, th- I think you Outra- might. I think you might agree. Outraging gaming Twitter at the moment is so rampant and annoying. It infuriates me. Yeah, <laughs> to like all levels. Like there was people cracking up about Monster Hunter Rise as well, and that having paid character vouchers, um, character edit vouchers, which World did before it. Um, and I actually got really angry about that because I was kind of just like. I appreciate what Monster Hunter does in that it releases free content. Um, we could pay for the updates and DLC like we have been in the past for a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, like going back to like Call of Duty and stuff like that, paying for map packs, which, you know, they've done away with these days and instead favor like battle pass formulas and stuff like that and microtransactions to get by so that everybody's on the same level of content. Um but with Monster Hunter, they were kind of like, well, we can sell these gesture packs and costume packs. And they were like, yeah, we can sell, sell character edit vouchers. Uh, we'll give one away for free so that if they really were unhappy with their first choice, 
they've got a free one at least. Uh, and then after that, they can pull pay a small fee. And people blew blew up about it. Like they went absolutely <laughs> mad. And I commented on a post about it on um, like a meme page or something where I'm just like, suck it up. <laughs> I'm like, it's really not that bad. You know, people like other games have been doing it for years and their immediate response is like, oh, that's not an excuse. Other games have been doing it for years. That's not an excuse. And I'm kind of like, it is though. Like, you know. Why? Why are Capcom not allowed to get allowed to get away with it, but everybody else can? It doesn't make any sense, you know. They're pro- they're providing you the content updates for free, you know. I I would rather have them for free, and you know, have the character the character edit vouchers paid for, yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know what? I'll probably never use that character edit, vou- edit voucher anyway, because ninety percent of the time my hunter is going to be covered up in armor. So I'm not going to see them. It's really not going to make a difference. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. When when I was um played Monster Hunter and I set up my character, I'm like, I spent ages trying to fiddle with it and get it right. And I was just like, oh, you know what? I can't get it right. And you know, I don't care. I'm going to put a helmet on. I'm going to put some big like scaly armor on. And like, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a day. Like I don't have to worry about it. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, these companies, they do – have to make money and like I know that's that's yeah. a that's a sucky thing to say, but if they're releasing a game and you know uh is it's stopping it's slowing down with its sales because the people that wanted to buy it have already bought it. You know, even if they slash the price and still get some more people in through the door, you know, the money for that game is done. And if you if you still want mm. that game to continue to evolve with more content, that 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 incentive has to come from somewhere. And that incentive is just uh getting some microtransactions in there and I know microtransactions is a really dirty word, but I think in the case of like Monster Hunter where it's like you're getting free content, you're getting like, you know, missions and you're getting new monsters come to the game, all that type of thing. You're keeping that game alive, giving you a reason to go back in there with three other friends, hunt a monster, keep that sort of cycle going. And uh, if, if they offer like, you know, we've got a new gesture. It's, uh, it's your hunter putting your hand above its head and waving. To another hunter, wouldn't that be nice? And that's like a dollar. Like it, that's really not such a big deal because you don't have mm-hmm. to buy it. You can just play Monster yeah. Hunter for free after your eighty dollars Australian purchase. Like it's not a it's not that, a big deal. That's right. And like that was that was my main thing with it as well. It's just like if you get your character right the first time, cool. If you're unhappy with it a little down the line, you've got the free one, and then you have to pay after that. And it, you know, yeah. at the end of the day. <laughs> At the end of the day, you're covered up in armor. They've got to make their money somehow. And when I was going on this little, I guess, escapade of comments, like I was very heavily outnumbered because people <laughs> are very opinionated about how they spend their $3 on a donut instead of, you know, buying a character voucher. Anyway, um, and they were- <laughs> Can't argue with that, were like, Donuts are great, so, you know. They are, but I yeah. guess editing your character isn't. Anyway, um, <laughs> but- uh, you know, they sort of they sort of went on and rah rah, and they're like, oh, you know, they already earn a, they already earned the money they needed to off the game. They did it when they, you know, sold the game, and I'm like, how? I, I'm like, how how do you guys not understand that this post game content they're releasing requires extra work, and they're doing it for free? Now, they're like, oh, you know, that should more than cover can, than cover the costs of the employees. Or rah rah rah. I'm like, but they're a company. <laughs> they don't live to create games. 
to sell to you, provide you with free content updates, and basically match the fees that it took to create that game Hmm. and not profit. Like, they are a company at the end of the day. They aren't making you pay for the updates, which will actually keep you playing. If they make you pay for your character edit voucher, don't really care because other things have been doing it for years anyway. And they're like, oh, but that's not an excuse. I'm like, well, then how is it like then How is it ever excusable for anything else? And then they go, oh, well, it wasn't because it used to be free. I'm like, okay, but you know what wasn't free? DLC. (laughs) Yeah. And that was that was required purchase if you wanted to keep playing your game with new content and they're not doing that anymore. So you you choose. You either get the content that keeps you playing the game for free or you get this. And then they're like, well, I shouldn't have to do either. I shouldn't have to pay for either. And then I'm like, well, they're not sitting there with employees, in, especially in Japan. We know what their work culture is like. A team of 20-odd people working 50 hours a week and they're not doing it. They're not doing that shit for free. They've got friends. They've got family. You know, they've got responsibilities. A lot of it requires money. And a company is not out there to not make a profit because otherwise they don't have the budget for their next game. Yeah. So they need to do something. And people don't seem to understand that. I, I don't really, I don't really get the thought process behind it whatsoever. Well, th- it's that- it's shitty. <laughs> that's that's the thing, Bryce. There is no thought process behind it because whenever anyone on whether it's twitter or facebook or whatever you're uh, sort of going through there's always people who are always complaining about stuff but they don't think about it like you know complaining to complaining to this guy who isn't even working on working on anything to do with metroid at the moment you know it's like why harass him (laughs) this is only there is no reason to this is only an opinion this isn't even nintendo saying you know what this is really hard we're not doing that um, <laughs> it's not even that. This is ridiculous, and I think uh, I think at the end of the day, just uh, you got to uh, keep off of social media. I I personally quite enjoy Twitter, but that's because I regulate it. I keep my fo- like my um people I follow to a, a pretty small circle anyway. And you just if you see someone who's uh, being a bit of a goof, being a bit toxic, you know, just make sure you block them. Don't make sure they don't pop up again. You just got to. Got to regulate that type of thing. I don't. I don't really go commenting on like you know random people's stuff that much. Maybe if I was trying to encourage it, I'd see it a lot more often. But quite often, I'm just like, oh look, Dane Peavy put up a picture of him and his uh, Nintendo Switch or his family or something. Isn't that quite nice? Like, and I'll mm-hmm. say, sweet. I'm not going. Um, I'm not going to 4chan and be like, all right, boys, I'm going to stir you up. Time to get you rallied up and uh, then you'll dox me. <laughs> I mean, my my argument was pretty heated because I, I'm just over it, I think. There's heaps of lynch mobs out on Twitter, uh, like gaming Twitter at the moment, that just want to see everything sort of go down. They want all this free shit. They want like this and that. They're like, oh, this is anti-consumerist and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, just and it's yeah. just it's it's rampant now more than ever. <laughs> just, and at the end uh, of the at the end of the day, come on, guys, they're a company. They're going to make money, and there's way bigger targets out there that deserve this attention, like uh, Gacha Games, for example. You know, you could there's there's plenty of people that play Fate Go out there, right? 
uh, and they'll ha- they'll gladly spend two thousand dollars on getting the one JPEG that they want. You know, yeah, not even a PNG, they, they a want- JPEG. Like you know, I'll pay, that's right. I'll pay that's- double for a PNG. That transparency is everything. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that that's the thing. It's like there's far more predatory things in gaming and the one thing you're gonna target, you know, you're gonna you're gonna talk about the character edit vouchers or you're gonna be pissed off at this guy who's not even evolved with the development of a game anymore. <laughs> you know, like why why lynch these smaller problems? Like at least target something that's, you know, causing actual problems, I think is the most important thing. Because a lot of people are now looking at this and they're going, great, it's the outrage mob, don't care, and it really drives their point down. Yeah, well, as long as they don't target us, Bryce, just keep keep them away from the House of Mario. Keep all the, the nice, positive people here, which I know everyone's a nice, positive person who listens to the House of Mario, so that's all right. That's all right. That's right. That's right. Okay, so let's move <laughs> on. This is another article from Nintendo Life, and we just caught this one before we started recording the episode too. So this will be, might be a bit of a fun one to discuss. So this is a rumor about the next Donkey Kong game being developed by the Mario Odyssey team, which uh, would be pretty exciting if we did see this game. So the article reads, Donkey Kong is one of Nintendo's oldest video game characters, and while the series has, been, uh, has seen some massive releases over the uh, last few years, Donkey Kong Country and Donkey Kong 64 being two uh, notable examples, the franchise has remained pretty dormant, dormant since Trop- Tropical Freeze, which made its debut on Wii U back in 2014 before being ported to Switch in 2018. How, however, the rumors that Nintendo are looking to resurrect the series by bringing it in-house with development currently underway at Nintendo EPD, the team responsible for Super Mario Odyssey. YouTuber Lonely Goomba has mentioned the rumor in passing on social media and other sources have also discussed it. But Nintendo Life can confirm that uh, that it has heard the same rumor from an uh, independent and very trusted source, which would appear to lend this report some degree of legitimacy. However, our sources... Uh, our source claims that the game will be 2D or 2.5D if you prefer and not 3D. The rumor is also backed by recent comments made by uh, Zippo. Quote, it's, <laughs> it's the Big Ape's 40th anniversary. And while I'm not sure how Nintendo is celebrating the occasion, uh, there is a new 2D Donkey Kong game being developed by EPD Tokyo. Retro is obviously busy with other things, so Nintendo has taken it upon themselves to bring Donkey Kong back in as an eternal series. Don't expect the country moniker to return, as EPD Tokyo are not interested in making a sequel to games they did not make. Diddy, Cranky, and the Kremlin crew should all be uh, returning in this uh, installment. It sounds like this game is launching before the end of the year, and E3 announcement seems very likely." End quote. Following the arcade and NES releases, as well as an excellent Game Boy outing, it friggin' was, I love that game, uh, Donkey Kong was entrusted to UK Studio Rare in the 90s, which uh, produced three titles for the SNES. DK uh, Donkey Kong Country um, outings were also released on both Game Boy and Game Boy Advance. When Rare was purchased by Microsoft, Nintendo passed the property to Texas-based Retro Studios, which produced the Wii sequel, uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns and the aforementioned Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. So this is a big one, Bryce. This might be uh, a big game for this year if the rumors are all to be true. 
which God knows this is a rumor. Take it with a grain of salt. This is just uh, some information that has just um, come onto a Nintendo Life about an hour before we started recording this. Um, but this could be really exciting. I know like um, the uh, the Tokyo team at Nintendo that are responsible for um, basically all of the 3D mainline Mario games are just, you know, some of the most polished, fantastic, magical experiences in the whole games industry. I don't think anyone can dispute um, that Mario games are at least very fun and very well made. Um, I really do love Mario Odyssey. I love 3D World and the Galaxy games. Don't have to even talk about them. They are fantastic. So seeing Donkey Kong get this type of uh, treatment would be absolutely phenomenal. And I know that they said it's, it's going to be a 2D game. That is a little bit disappointing. I think um, if the if they took the uh, series in back to the 3D route where it was like Donkey Kong 64, obviously not made by Rare anymore, but I think that would be really exciting to see. But it seems like it will be the the 2D or 2.5D, which we saw you know, with Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Um, yeah. What would you like to see from a brand new Donkey Kong game made by internal Nintendo? I'm not too sure, to be honest. <laughs> like, the thing the thing with Donkey Kong for me is that it's very... It, it's it's always been in a very confusing position as to where it stands. Um, it's, it's quite obvious that the best success Donkey Kong's ever had is in a 2D game. Yeah. Like without without any question, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it wasn't Donkey Kong sixty four, re- no. <laughs> no, well they've they've only they've only ever explored it twice. You know, well Don- Donkey Kong stuff in general, whether it be Diddy Kong, uh, in in different scenarios, and that is obviously Diddy Kong Racing and Donkey Kong sixty four, which were from, you know, the same era, mm. and you know they. They definitely had their quirks and, you know, Donkey Kong 64 had its problems, but it was also a really cool game. And I think if they tried to do something like that in the modern era, it'd be it'd be awesome. And, you know, as as good as like 2D Donkey Kongs are, I, I, I kind of I kind of want to see it happen again. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Because like with um, with the. Uh the original Donkey Kong Country games made by Rare. Like, that was the first time we saw Donkey Kong sort of come to life in a brand new art style, that very um, futuristic-looking uh, sort of 3D that the uh, SNES used. Um, was really impressive, especially back in the day. And seeing Retro Studios take hold of that franchise and bringing it to the Wii and improving the graphics, really doing some really fun things mechanically with... Uh, with that game, just from level to level, it just varied so much. And that game even got a sequel with Tro- Tropical Freeze on the Wii. You know, that series has done a lot over those five games. So I'm kind of wondering, like, with Nintendo taking it back in-house to the team that makes Mario games, so they are some of the best developers in the whole company, um, I just wonder what they are thinking about doing that is different, that will move the series forward or in a different direction still staying 2d i'm just really curious what they um what they're gonna be cooking up there because like you know like i said with retro studios they did an amazing job with uh, the donkey kong country games but they want to do something completely different they don't want to call it donkey kong country they want to start their own sort of um donkey kong sub-series yeah who would know to be on to be completely honest yeah i think like no matter what it's all up in the air um 
I would love to see something unique, crazy, fun, and maybe not just another country type game. Uh, but that can go one of two ways. Like it could go Jungle Beat, or it could go, you know, <laughs> Jesus. Jungle Climber or some bullshit. You know, Don- Donkey Kong's had Donkey Kong's had weird two D adventures um, yeah. that extend like past. Um, past the Donkey Kong Country games. And I think, like, they've done a lot to explore it. And I think, um, especially looking at uh, Ukulele and The Impossible Lair, which, you know, was a bunch of old Rare developers coming together and stuff like that, they really captured Donkey Kong Country vibe in that game. Yeah, they nailed it. That was a Um, fantastic game. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, I don't don't think that uh, it's something that could be uniquely Donkey Kong. I think that other games can do it as well donkey Kong country stuff but um you know maybe it maybe it would be nice to see a new experience in 2.5 but yeah i don't know i can't shake that feeling of like there could there could be another attempt at 3d donkey kong yeah you know what what i've been thinking about just uh, as you've been talking actually like obviously this this is a rumor so We've got some information that uh, this team is using Donkey Kong in their game. And I wonder if it's missing a bit of information that this isn't necessarily like a Donkey Kong game. This might be like a 2D platformer that involves Donkey Kong and Mario. So it might technically still be a Mario game, but also being having Donkey Kong maybe as a playable character or maybe the end boss or the main villain or something going back to... Um, his original debut as like the villain of the game. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because I think like like I was saying before, like you know, if it's just like another two D Donkey Kong game, like what can they do with it? I'm sure the minds at Nintendo will blow us away. They'll have something which is completely different, looks completely different, a lot of fun to play. But like maybe bring back Donkey Kong to his uh, original roots, which is the bad guy causing mischief for Mario and. Paulina, that might be, that could potentially be what it is. Don't know. Looking forward to seeing what this is, yeah. though. Yeah. Um, but I, I actually, now that I think about it, because there was there was a rumor sort of pushing around where it's like, oh, we're doing, they're, they're, they're going to be doing more for Mario's 35th because obviously last year was a little bit like tongue in cheek with, with how far it went. Um, so, there was a rumor going out there that they were going to continue something with, with something else uh, just to sort of cap off Mario's celebration. So maybe this could be it. Yeah. And this is also the 40th anniversary for Donkey Kong, which was a uh, highlight of this That's article true. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Either, either way, I think it definitely could um, prove to be something uh, to look forward to. Yeah. Cause I definitely, Regardless of uh, what we just talked about, I do think there is more to this rumor. I don't think it is just, oh, Nintendo EPD is making a Donkey Kong game. Congratulations. We already have Tropical Freeze on the Switch, and now we're making another one, but instead it's a Japanese-made one, not a a, a Texas-US-made one. (laughs) So I think there is a bit more to it. (laughs) All right. For sure. All right, so let's uh, let's move on to this one. This one is a bit of fun, and this one comes from Nintendo Enthusiast, and the title is YouTuber Plays Xbox Series X Using a Nintendo DS. So I actually saw this on um, in my uh, subscriptions. I'm like, holy shit, that's awesome. Um, 
But let's, let's read the article and uh, get a bit of information out here, all the technical jargon. So in November last year, the world was blessed with the next-generation consoles. Microsoft launched a powerful Xbox Series X, a console that has been regarded as the best iteration yet of its kind. It's capable of running games of up to uh, 120 frames per second while also supporting support for 4K and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Naturally, you want to play this in all of its glory on a big screen, but have you ever wondered what what it would look like if you played it on a Nintendo DS? If you wanted the answer to that oddly specific question, never fear, as the YouTube channel The Retro Future has got you covered, which is a fantastic channel, actually. I'll leave them in the show notes. Go and check them out. Uh, all of this is made possible through the use of the Jap- uh, Japan-exclusive uh, Agrotrusma Entertainment Nintendo DS TV Tuner, an accessory that was apparently released in 2006. In order to use this device, you must use a Nintendo DS with a Game Boy Advance slot. The original purpose for the TV Tuner was to allow Japanese audiences to watch a variety of TV broadcasts. However, if you are also able to utilize the device's AV cables to connect it to other inputs, um, the Retro Future used an AV to HDMI converter, allowing them to plug in the Xbox Series X into the uh, Nintendo DS TV tuner. The results are impressive. However, the resolution is obviously going to be poor compared to a proper display. If you want to, sure. <laughs> if you want to play the newly released Resident Evil Village on your Nintendo DS, for some reason it looks like it is possible, be it maybe without sound. Unfortunately, this particular <laughs> Nintendo DS TV tuner is really hard to find, so you may need to uh, stick to playing your Xbox Series X through more conventional means. On a TV so, like a normal person, obviously um, a very interesting uh, device and this video like you can play anything um on this doesn't have to be an xbox series x or a playstation 5 or whatever um but it's interesting that this uh device actually existed because like so many of these uh accessories and that they never come to the west it's always some random thing that's only in japan like uh with the uh game boy advance there was the uh, game boy advance video where you could get like two episodes of pokemon or two episodes of spongebob or whatever shows they produce and put them on a Game Boy cart, put it into your Game Boy Advance and there you go. You can you can watch uh, those series and really blurry, tiny screens. It's fantastic stuff. So it's kind of the same with the DS. Like I guess you, I guess as a kid, I would have appreciated sitting in bed watching TV. That would have been um, a really novel thing. Didn't have a phone, iPad, laptop, anything like that. Didn't have, didn't have a TV in my room. Um, you know, dad's probably watching the news and I'm just stuck with my DS playing that, playing Pokemon or something. And if I wanted to check out a cartoon, I couldn't. God damn it, dad, get off the goddamn TV, you bastard. But with this, I could have. But anyway. Dad, I want to play more Twilight Princess. Dad, I, yeah, exactly. That 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 definitely <laughs> happened. I was like, you know what, I'm really keen to do this boss. And, you know, because, you know, my dad. He, he goes to bed like nine o'clock or so. He's a, he's a busy man. He's got to get up nice and early to run the farm. And then it's goddamn Drew just been like, Dad, I want to play my Zelda. And he's like, son, I'm watching the news, mate, so I can keep up to date with the really important things in life. Like there's this random person murdered in Adelaide. And I don't know how much relevance that has to me, but God, it makes me feel bad. And it feels like I'm going to get stabbed. But I've got to know these things, son. I've got to know these things. 
And of course. Go, and he'll go to bed and have nightmares about it, and I'm there playing Zelda. It's a bit of, <laughs> bit of, bit of insight uh, about, you know, how I became myself. Yeah. We're getting the backstory. Bryce, you know the backstory. You lived the backstory. That's very true. William, <laughs> <laughs> uh, get off the TV. We're boys that want to play a children's game. Yes, we want to play The Legend of Zelda, the one of the best series ever made, according to Anuma. Because it makes him money, because he gets a very uh, good job developing those games since Ocarina of Time. Congratulations, Anuma. We want to we want to play a game where we waggle or remote, remote in different ways to fart jokes. Yes, yeah, oh yeah, WarioWare is fantastic. Fart jokes are funny, <laughs> especially uh, when he eats lots of garlic, and you know those farts are gonna stink. Oh baby, you know what, Bryce? We still get we still get comments about that our Wario episode, like yeah, we do hundred so episodes ago. Every now and again in their Discord, <laughs> people are just like even more. I think it was like someone's first episode. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> it was funny for us because it was our humor, but like, <laughs> I re- I really enjoy it that there's just one random episode which is just like crude and dumb, and like people just randomly come across it. Just randomly come across mm. it. You know, they might go through the backlog. They might have been listening from episode episode one. You know, however your OCD sort of treats you. You know, do what you got to do. But man, that was a that was a trip. Anyway, Bryce, before we um, get into the Red Coin recommendations, this is just uh, this is just highlighting the top fifteen games that have sold on the Australian and New Zealand eShop for this week. So at number one is Among Us. At number two is New Pokemon Snap. At number three is um, A E R Memories of Old. At number four is Monster Hunter Rise. At number five is Stardew Valley. At number six is Super Mario Party. That's jumped up because of the update. Good on Super Mario Party. You mediocre game, you. Number seven is Minecraft. Number eight is uh, one of your favorites, Bryce. Stick Fight, the game. Congratulations, Stick Fight. Oh, yeah. Number nine is Hades. At number 10 is Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. At number 11 is Cozy Groove, which is a game um, I've been meaning to uh, check out in Apple Arcade because it's free there. At number 12 is New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. At number 13 is Super Mario 8. No, so, no sorry. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Super Mario 8. Uh, number 14 is uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. And number 15 is Bastion. Yeah, Dragon Ball Fighter Z went down to a ridiculously low price for such a good game. It yeah. was like $15, I think. Yeah, and they um they actually had the uh, ultimate version with like the first season pass for like twenty bucks or something like it was really cheap. Yeah, so yeah, you, so and it's 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 a banger of a game too. Yeah, and you can just see that people are, or it's not people, but like the the company behind it are really just like you know they've made their money on the game. They want people to get into it so they can just uh, sell them season passes as they keep on releasing new characters. Because like just the base, yeah, the base game itself is like we're kind of, kind of not selling this much anymore because it's just discounted all the time across all platforms. Yeah, but it's also the best possible solution to a Dragon Ball competitive fighting game, like because it's made by Arc System Works, which, uh, for those who don't know, do stuff like Blue, which, you know, good shit, really good shit, good fighting game, and um. For the longest time, obviously, Dragon Balls had 
had fighting games, plenty of them, but it's been stuff like uh, Budokai Tenkaichi or uh, they had an online mode with, I believe, ladders in Xenoverse, but it was, you know, mostly unbalanced and there was no real clear-cut rule sets and it really depended on how you customize characters. Uh, it's it's not something that's easy to balance, whereas with uh, Fighter Z, it uh, does have static movesets for each character and they do constantly do ba- balance updates to ensure that... These things, these things don't get too out of hand and they do keep putting out new characters because it's a pretty fucking good game with <laughs> uh, within a series that has like plenty of desirable playable characters. So I, I'm really glad to see it drop down to the price it does just so more people can buy into it because then I can only recommend it more. Uh, if you haven't played it and you see it on special for $15 and you like your uh, Shonen you might as well go grab it. Honestly, it's really good. Yeah, oh, it's been on sale like ten times this year, and every single time I'm like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I might buy that." Because it's in my wish list. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I might buy that." And I just, I just never get around to it. Yeah, no, you should. I should definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, I still, I still remember before the TV broke and you're around here and you're just like, "I never really got behind Dragon Ball Z," and I, we sat down and watched like the first episode. Yeah. Because like the thing is, I actually I quite enjoy it. I just never watched it. It's just it wasn't on the time when I was uh, you know watching Cheese TV before the bus. It was never on in that time slot. I could watch before I had to go to school. I didn't have uh, Ozstar or Foxtel or anything like that, and it just wasn't on my TV. Um, po- no. And I, I wonder what would happen if uh, Pokemon wasn't on. You know, I might have uh, might have been a bit upset. Ah uh, well, you know. You got your fix. That's all you needed. You left Dragon Ball in the dirt. Yeah, no. Rest in peace, Dragon I could have been a big Dragon Ball fan. I could have been like, I want to replicate Goku. I want to be ripped. I want to be strong. I want to go Super Saiyan. I'm just like, got abs. I'm yelling in the pub, yelling in public all the time. Being like, yeah. I want to think about about food and and, uh, neglect my sons 24-7. Yeah, yeah. I think about that all the time. (laughs) I mean, I could potentially still start. You know what I mean? Could potentially still start. Yeah. All right. I'll uh, I'll see you in the training grounds. I guess. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. So <laughs> here at the house of Mario, when we say the doors are open, we really do mean the doors are open. The doors are literally open for people to come in, <laughs> friends and family, whoever you are, come in. Let's talk about Nintendo. And uh, at the moment, from our Discord community, Delfino Durans has jumped into a chat. Um, whether they actually. Say anything? I don't know. I've, we've never done this before, Bryce. So I'm curious to see if it works. But but Delfino, are you there? Hello, hello. Hello. Look at oi, this. Hoi, hoi. How are you going? Um, well, I'm very nervous because I didn't expect this. <laughs> Usually I jump in and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're streaming. And someone has to say, no, they're done. They're not streaming anymore. Like, woke up on time. I can't believe this. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm done with school. I got done really, really early before my birthday even. So <gasps> Happy birthday was... for when it's going to happen. Is it a few days or is it today? Well, no, no, it was in the past. Oh, it in the past. Oh. oh, well, happy birthday for then. Yeah. 
So uh, when are your birthdays, by the way? But also, <laughs> I'm just lazing around the house. And suddenly I'm like, I have all this time to play video games. So I'm having to get through my backlog of video games. That's yeah. a fantastic time. That's the time when you don't have to think about anything except what's in front of your two eyes and when you're going to have to go to your next optometrist appointment. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> Is that what you think about? You're like, oh, yeah, i got this party pie uh, well, in front of me. i got a Super Mario 3D World to uh, finish. And uh, I've also got to get my glasses checked out because uh, your, fra- well, <laughs> your frames are always broken, Bryce. You're always smashing your frames or something. Oh, my, my frames are always, uh, always stuffed. But, like, uh, I mean, for somebody that went to an optometrist at 23 and uh, the, uh, the dude was like, you should have had glasses when you were, like, five. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm done for. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, birthday discussion. Um, mine is August 29th. Oh. Yeah, so it's com- mm. coming up uh, soon. But mine's coming up sooner, so don't forget mine. Mine's, yes, June, mine's June 14th. That's and right. um, what I really love about it is that it's like the same time as E3, and I don't know what time Nintendo is having their Direct or whatever they're doing at E3, but we could potentially be seeing uh, a Nintendo Direct on my birthday, which would be very, very fitting and exciting. I'm happy about that. <laughs> It would be. It's his birthday present every year. Yeah. Which, speaking <laughs> of, we, prob- we probably should try and take that off this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's my idea because, I don't know, I can say I've got two reasons. Like, all right, I want to check out this uh, Nintendo marketing that's going to be happening at the time. <laughs> I want to know what they're trying to sell me, what they're trying to get me to talk about on this goddamn uh, product we call the House of Mario and Nintendo podcast. And also it's my birthday. I want time to eat the, my cake. I've got a whole day to eat a cake. By myself, a whole day, the whole cake. Yeah, maybe. He will. I better share it. So Bryce will probably come over at some point. I better share it with him. I've got to share it with my wife Chantel. She likes cake, so there's. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll get in trouble actually. Is, yeah, cake's absolutely delicious. I agree. Cake <laughs> over pie. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I You're can't talking. do pie crust. Pie crust is it's, it's such a leftover after a while. You run out of filling. There's that whole <laughs> pie layer in the back. Oh, mm. no. Just remember you're talking to two people that come from a uh, whole island nation that uh, praises a good old mince and gravy pie. So, yeah, I, I love, like, a mince pie. I'm not much of a dessert pie guy, though. Um, I don't. I don't know my pie differences. What's it? I am from the U.S. In my region, we do have derby pie, so I got a local pie too. Infused with bourbon, I think. I think it's like chocolate, but it's got some bourbon in it too. Maybe that sounds good actually. Chocolate and bourbon. That actually sounds pretty good. (laughs) Don't trust me. I'm probably making it sound. Just send really, really good. Send us over one. I would want. (laughs) <laughs> a whole very pie. Well, when it rots in the mail, you yes, know why. it's just stale and all that. <laughs> Depends on yeah. how much bourbon they put in to keep it proofed. Yeah, true. They it's just like also- fill it with bourbon. It's like, yeah, that'll, that'll keep it good to us in <laughs> Australia. You don't pour the jug in. Everybody <laughs> thinks that. It's also got nuts in it, walnuts specifically. Oh. Chocolate, walnut, a taste of bourbon. It is not pouring, it's not substituting water for the bourbon. 
like the head. It's like when you throw the red wine into whatever heck you're cooking. It's the flash. Yeah, yeah true, true. I mean, that's what you want. Yeah. You got to have that little bit of tang. I put, I whenever I cook spaghetti or something, I have to have red wine in it, no matter what. Oh, fancy! I'm not rice. that high class. I just put salt. I put a lot of salt in my spaghetti. Oh no! Don't worry. You're mistaking me for high class, but I literally just go to the store and pick out the cheapest bottle of wine possible and just throw it in. <laughs> You're just like slapping this cast into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not like, ah, yes, I would, I would like to have this, uh, this I'm Merlot. The highest of, highest of all uh, beverages. <laughs> I, I require my $80 bottle of red wine in this spaghetti. Mm. Must be a certain brand. Mm, oh, I yes. must hate it. Uh, if it's not aged 2009, I'll be very upset. Now you gotta age further back for bourbon. I think I don't know my alcohol, but I think bourbon is more aged back to like twenty five years at this point. They'll be like, "Yes, yeah, ninety six. Like, what the heck? Who's, yeah. who's keeping it this long for this one moment?" They make a lot of money off doing that. To be completely well, fair, well, yeah, because to keep it for twenty five years. Well, I you mean, better get something back. <laughs> Yeah, be they save it for that long. It's just like, all right, yeah, um, ten bucks. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> it's, it's like they're tying it back to the House of Mario. It's like a video game that you keep pristine, wrapped for twenty five years, like a perfect copy of uh, Pokemon Red and Blue. You, yeah. you bet that's gonna go for a lot of money. I'm gonna I'm gonna whip back to uh, the uh, Blowing Carts podcast. Actually, when I was on that, we were talking about Snowboard Kids too. Like having Ooh. a prime copy of that is like an age of uh, like an aged fine wine. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google the price because I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember oh, exactly what it was, but oh my god, it is so expensive to buy a copy of that game. Rare games are getting so expensive. One I didn't realize uh, until someone I had to look it up was Chibi Robo. I got it when it was like brand new for Christmas one year. I was very excited to play it, and I always wonder why does no one know about Chibi Robo? It's such a good game. It's got great cast of characters i love it and i look into it and it's like oh because if you want to play it you gotta pay like two hundred dollars <laughs> for the box not uh-huh. even the game yep. oh there's someone else in here uh, oh my god look, <laughs> look at this look i can i, I look i've got oh it's wacko jacko we've got to shut the door <laughs> oh no <laughs> uh-oh Yee, sorry 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 i'll leave no. <laughs> no, stay. No, we're uh, fine. So, okay. I'm confused uh, because I've got the live stream on and I'm hearing two voices. Okay. Close the live stream, damn it. <laughs> um, Snowboard Kids 2 pre-owned. Uh, no box game by itself in Australia is worth $399 for the cartridge. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's not cheap. It's not cheap to own that game. It's ridiculous. It not cheap at all. No. That's it. Well, speaking of inflating game prices, uh, maybe you already talked about this this episode. I'm a little behind on episodes. Uh, DS game prices are seriously inflating recently. Uh-huh. Mm. And at first I was like, yeah, I'm in the clear. I've got all the DS games I want to own. I got Ghost Trick. 
I don't need to play the Ace Attorney games on DS because I can just get those mobily. Mm -hmm. It's all fine. And I'm like, oh no, I never got Pokemon White 2 because every <laughs> time I'd see it at GameStop or wherever, for like $30, I'd be like, mm, I'm going to sit on it. I'm not going to get it right now. And I look into it now and they're like, yeah, you an authentic copy because apparently there's such things as reproduced copies of ds games and those are absolutely nuts because it's mm. like you just put the data into a micro sd card mm. and you stick that into a ds readable format and people just go nuts with those it'll be like two in one you can get black two and white two three in one diamond pearl oh, platinum all in one game 23 in one for every pokemon game on ds it gets to astronomically crazy numbers. I had a picture. I'll send it over. They, um, like, they, I want to play the real game, please. They what? purposely, um, like with with those like two in one slash three in one games. Basically, it is it is just an R four cartridge with a stuck in micro SD card that has been like sealed in. And they purposely market it like that to be like, oh, Pokemon 2-in-1 or Pokemon 3-in-1 so they can get more money out of it instead of just buying, like, the actual uh, R4 cartridge and doing it yourself. Mm. Like, they make money off the name. They make the excess money off the name. And it's, like, really, really scungy. Like, yeah. So scungy. It's like, I just put a picture in the general chat room about I one I was looking into, and I'm like, I don't trust this thing to be put in my DS. This feels like it's malware. <laughs> just give it a, <laughs> not just give it a virus or something like that. <laughs> 482 <laughs> in one. What? Not just one game, guys. Not two games, but 482 in 482. One. And it's like, I also put a little bit of the promise. I say promise, because never gonna fully pay off the promised games list and it's like some of these are like well i already own a lot of these and some of these are good and then you look in there and it's like chronicles of narnia prince caspian like okay <laughs> good games to see. that's interesting because in like the r4 market like just like ds piracy even back when the ds was still like the relevant handheld it really was affecting them in like a you know a pretty negative way and it's, it's kind of weird now just seeing the carts reproduced and having the R4s just sold as like 182 and one kind of uh, combos instead of actually like putting on the ROMs yourself. Mm-hmm. What the heck? Cappy's saying he has the 482 and one. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was just reading. He I has that one. Joke. I have the one out of the 482, but you know. <laughs> oh, my God. I just, I don't, I don't, <laughs> Bro, I don't no. get it. Like, I don't trust it. Where's, where's the, the 10 dogs? I don't see the 10 dogs, you know? Uh, it uh, might be. Not buying it, it then. Not, I buy, can... not, not buying it, not buying it. <laughs> it's dead. Find it. <laughs> it has Find children it. of mana, though. Oh, hmm. yeah. Well, I don't know. Children of mana, that would make me buy that. <laughs> but guys, Yoshi Touch and Go, don't you remember that game? Because I sure yeah. don't. Yoshi oh, Touch and Go God. was a... Just like pretty much a, a tech demo that got released in the launch lineup of yeah. the DS, where you basically just um, yeah. it's like it's just a score chasing game when you're floating as um, Baby Mario when you're trying to avoid storks and that in the air. It's pretty a basic touchscreen game. 
Mm-hmm. Just thinking about that one, but I didn't like get it. There was actually like a lot of little trash games like that for Yoshi. I don't, I don't know what exact, uh, what exactly it was. Yeah, like you know, Yoshi's cookie, and that's right. And the one, did we? The the one we had an argument about of whether it was on NES and SNES, and turned out to be on both. <laughs> yeah, it was just on both. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I really did. We had an argument about it on the podcast. I really the didn't. Rem- colored, more colored, I think. Yeah, memory. I really didn't yeah. remember yeah. being on Super Nintendo. I'm like, oh, well, there you go. No, <laughs> yeah. no, it was on both. <laughs> so, guys. Yeah, no. We- Hated. I feel like let, let's move away from some of this, uh, the piracy talk, and let's talk about some games yeah. that you can buy on Nintendo Switch this week. Um, and to be honest, Ooh. there's no real bangers, but let's move into the House of Mario Red Coin recommendations. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. So the first, one, <laughs> the first one of the three that I've picked out randomly is a uh, Skate City. And a uh, little little bio we got here. This game looks alright. It's uh, it's twenty eight percent off. It's for fourteen dollars on the Nintendo eShop. And the little blurb reads: "Your perfect ride worldwide. Coast through uh, three iconic locations based off real world skate uh, skate uh, spots in Los Angeles uh, and Barcelona. Uh, pull off realistic tricks with ease and skate just like the pros." Hundreds of combinations are available, including flip tricks, grabs, grinds, spins, and manuals. Complete over 100 challenges or chill out and ride at your own pace with Endless Skate. Customize your uh, skater by picking up a new deck, trucks, wheels, shoes, hats, glasses, and clothes in the skate shop. You can also change your hairstyle and skin tone or unlock new moves and upgrade your abilities. <laughs> original soundtrack of a, a, of a low fire beats. So exciting game oh, there, guys. Yeah. Does that does that get anyone's uh, attention? Skate City. All, all I want to do is go around and say, "Hey, go check out my dick." That's all I want to say. <laughs> I am always interested in any game that offers customization, not because I want to be the character themselves, but I want to customize the character. I want to see what else they can wear. I noticed okay. uh, in 3DS games, pretty much all of them were all about like, oh, look, it's customization time. It's like, yeah, yeah I'm going to create someone fun to farm with, not myself. Like in Harvest Moon New Beginning, I'll also make someone fun and cute to farm with, not, not myself. What was the and, question? Was it... uh, Harvest Moon and New Beginning. Oh, no, sorry, the skateboarding game, sorry. Uh, skate, oh. skate City. So, Del- skate. Delfino... Okay. You're not necessarily interested in yeah. skateboarding, but you do like to change your snazzy helmets and snazzy hairstyles. You do enjoy that. I love wardrobe options in games. It is so stereotypical <laughs> that the that the that you know the girl would want to dress up pretty, but it's <gasps> like I'm in any game. But it to... is very true. Sorry, I succumb the stereotype it's like mario golf i'm like oh you know mario golf is mario golf not for me and they're like no we have new golf outfits for everybody and i'm like all right where's the the pre-order button i need to get this game right now you can put yoshi in a nice hat (laughs) i can give him a hat i can give toad a little beret bowser's got an outfit everyone's got new looks i i love it you strike me as a person that if if they aren't already, you would be very addicted to MMOs, mm. because that's all that happens in the MMO end game is pretty is dressing up pretty. 
Maybe. That's I where don't I spend a lot of my time doing that. <laughs> yeah, skating actually looks really nice, like a nice art style, like a bit away from your traditional skateboarding looking games. Like, look at some screenshots. Actually, it's really nice. Yeah, no, yeah, it does look like, grungy. Does look pretty cool. I'll, I'll uh, keep it on my wish list. But yeah, I, I do get hooked into um, customization as well. Like in Pokemon, like um, Sword and Shield, and X, even X, even back to X and Y when they introduced it, I really did enjoy the customization mm-hmm. of doing your trainer and putting on like different shoes, different pants, all that type of thing. So I'm, I'm a bit of a sucker for it as well. It's just when it's not done well and you're like, so like, I can't make what I want to make. That's when it gets a bit frustrating. But anyway. Mm. Dead on. Yeah. All right. So the next game, guys, out of three is Techno Tanks. And I picked this out because, I don't know, it's called Techno Tanks. It sounds kind of cool. It was a, it's a very slow week this week. There's not much coming out. But you get this for <laughs> seven bucks Australian. <laughs> And uh, let's see, mm. let's see if I can sell you guys on this, or the developers from uh, what they have written on the eShop here. So, Techno Tanks is an intense, fast-paced arcade-inspired tanks game. It's a lot. It's, it's it's a lot of fast fun and must-have in if you enjoy arcade games. So, be ready for Techno ca- Tanks experience. Defeat the enemy tanks while dodging their uh, deadly bullets. Improve your aim and maneuver. Sk- man- and maneuver skills while surviving a crazy retro bullet hell. Level by level, the enemy's tanks get faster, smarter, and deadlier. Can you defeat them all? Play alone. Um, okay. Together. Okay, one thing I want to say is I'm looking at the screenshots, and you remember the tanks game from the Wii Play game? I do. Yes. I do. It's like that. It looks exactly like that, but obviously with a more techno theme. But, yeah, it looks splittingly similar. All right, it it does it does well. The techno uh, sort of aesthetic is uh, really it looks it looks quite nice. The actual aesthetic of it. But before you interrupted me there, bloody wacko Jacko, I tell you what, mate, I haven't got I hadn't haven't gotten to the best bit yet. So you can play you can play alone, together with friends, or against your friends as the game features the following modes: a single player what? stage mode, single player and co-op retro <gasps> mode with more than fifty levels. And a versus mode for battles up to four players. So drop the mic right there, bang. There's there's uh, three features for you right there. Have I sold you on this? Seven dollars Australian. Don't know how much it is for you, Delfino. Maybe five dollars. I'm not quite sure. It's five dollars USD. Five dollars USD. Well, thank you very much for that confirmation. So guys, yeah. Techno tanks. Are we in or are we out? No. Because I am not in the arcade game. What were we talking about? <laughs> you know that game with the tanks and the techno thing. No, no. Like the, <laughs> the thing with the sh- tanks and the tanks. I might have, I might have, I might have zoned out. That's fine. <laughs> it's, there's something about tanks and techno, and there was a bunch of modes and stuff like that. So we did not sell brass. Uh, we did not sell brass. No, no, you, abs- you absolutely didn't. No. But like, it's six dollars ninety nine, which is cheaper than seven dollars. No. Yeah, it was okay. cent, like the it's amount a cent, of money I would put into an arcade game before I'd get angry because they're so cutthroat and hardcore. I am not a hardcore gamer. Oh, <gasps> I can't believe it. All right, Delphine, the truth we, does come out. We'll try did and we sp- even talk about Metopia last week? I don't think we did. Oh my gosh, I am sitting. I am so the faces. The faces. Metopia. So much. I am so proud of what people are doing in Metopia, but I almost think we're losing the charm of making a character in me creation. Like, I like the marina that I made for Tomonachi life. 
to look most like her. Yes, the hand-drawn mask does look the most realistic, but mm. also you're losing emotions with the mask. That is the one drawback to the mask feature yeah. in Utopia. I, I, look all right. I quite like it. It's just it's one of those games where like it made so much sense on the DS because you just you transfer all your Mii's from the Wii. You can scan QR codes to um, bring in other people's creations from the internet. And I had like a hundred plus Mii's on my 3DS, but on my Switch, I literally yeah. I literally have none. Like in Mario Kart, I'm just a, a generic dude because I haven't actually made myself as a me. I haven't bothered. <laughs> So it kind of takes. I know. It's a lot of work to go and put all of this stuff into um, your Switch if you actually want to play Metopia. But we'll talk about it uh, when it comes out. It comes out on the twenty first, I believe. So it's not out quite yet. It's just the demo that's out at the moment. Yeah, just about a week away. No, I agree. Uh, Metopia. It felt like the natural evolution of Tomodachi Life because I love Tomodachi Life, but there's a common mm. problem with it, which is <laughs> you don't control every little thing about the island. Like, whether people get together, you know, become sweethearts, become married if they divorce, that isn't really in your control. You can kind of influence it, but not really. And people were like, I want more control. And Metopia was like, yes, you can have more control. You decide who rooms together in the end, so you automatically make the friendships better. Uh, more colors, so you don't have to rely on the hair dye. For everybody mm. it was and also you could just transfer if you had tomodachi life save data on that 3ds you could transfer the means directly over from tomodachi life into metopia but these are very hidden away on the switch i am my two dying wishes for the switch first is themes please <laughs> yeah we please get the 3ds <laughs> themes back but for the switch and two clearer me customization because it's hidden away in the settings menu like make mm -hmm. a little bubble at the bottom maybe for me i think that would get more people to a realize that the me function exists and b like embrace the new me functions because they did add more to the me maker they added new glasses they did not add new hairstyles but they added mm -hmm. like any hair color, any eye color, there's more to it, but people just aren't tapping into it because it's hidden away. Well, yeah. they so, use the Mii Maker to make uh, Breath of the Wild NPCs. So That's right. I yeah, heard you know. that too. Yeah, they did. So basically what they did was they, they had Mii's, they made generic Mii's or whatever, and then they uh, imported them um into breath of the wild uh and then used breath of the wild's particular meshing and stuff like that to sort of just generate characters that were in the world they didn't like uh go there and specifically rig like all these people or what have you they kind of just went all right here's the me creator we've got a very simple self-shaded style here let's just import me data and make faces with relative ease so that's exactly what they did yeah an easy way to make those what are they called the like ai generated faces without them being terrible yeah <laughs> i don't know i can't remember I, the name of I it, stick with it but anyways um, i'm very excited for utopia but the other third thing i am dying for is for utopia to say you can transfer your save data over from the 3DS version into the Switch version because I spent a lot of time playing Metopia and I don't think I can restart my save data even though 
there's a horse in this one. I'm very excited about the horse. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'm like, there's a horse. I I honestly right. wasn't very interested in it. I never I never played it on 3DS either. But just seeing the stuff really... come out from the demo was really cool. Like people are like recreating like Mega Man and like with his helmet and everything. I'm like, holy crap, yes. that looks really cool. I absolutely Man. love it. The best way I can describe it is it is like Dragon Quest Nine. Have either of you played that one? Uh, yes, I have. I have not. Okay, so for for uh, for Bryce, basically in Dragon Quest Nine, you aren't given uh, set characters for your RPG. You make them up. You decide what they look like. You decide oh, cool. uh, what their class is. And the point of it was when the DS. Uh, online capabilities were online, you could share them with other people. And then you could also import other people's uh, adventurers and add them to your team. And it was like, mix and match. But basically, you make the team that you want to make. If you want to make it all offense, if you want to make it all defense, uh, half and half, the chef class is really good about the hybrid melee hybrid. Same hybrid a lot. Anyways, basically, (laughs) you can make your own... uh, team there you aren't it's not like there are some fill in the role things like the evil lord you gotta fill in who they are but also when it comes to your adventuring squad you can also change their job classes i think this might be something you have to unlock later it i don't remember the details basically you can just change them however you want so if you're running mage which you should always run mage and you're thinking "Mm, this isn't really working out you can change yourself to chef and be just as well off it's really inventive, and also the healing system was really fun. There's no potions. You can stop the battle at any time. You got a whole set of sprinklers, like salt and pepper shakers. And you specifically sprinkle how much you want everybody healed hmm. in, at whatever point you need. It is so very weird. good. <laughs> it's very good. But the drawback to that is that you only get one revival shaker. You, only, right. you can only shake it once a adventure because you got to rely on yourself to not die you got to keep on top of that stuff i really liked it i loved metopia but i don't know if i can start over again i'm too i i got too invested in my squad from before i feel like i'm just gonna pick up there's only one thing i want from metopia what's that that's to get a Dio Brando face that is literally just him going, you just, oh, oh Dio! Yeah, 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 yeah. That's going to be very easy. You can also look up, uh, if you want to find a me, you can look up its name. Um, sometimes if you're getting too many, you can kind of fine tune it and be like, I want this gender me. I want them to have this set behavior, this hobby. And it's, it's really easy to find what other people have made. I, what I remember from playing it was there was a lot of Undertale. Everyone was <laughs> loving Undertale. So I'd be running around and they're like, we want to make this person a pirate. And you're like, no. And you hit the button and they're like, okay, we'll make it undone. And it's like, no, <laughs> I need something different. So you just got to mash the button until you get a suggested me that you're like, okay, fine. I'll take it. Yeah, I found it. I found what I was looking for. Continue to. I got. Uh, I got the Reggie me. I just wanted this genie to be Reggie. Okay. How many times do I have to hit the button? Get the Reggie me. Oh, Reggie. I think I had to load up my own Reggie me for that. <laughs> I couldn't get one. Reggie up. definitely has to be in there somewhere. He has to be. I made him the genie. Along with the, the game. 
people had the Barack Obama one as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. I haven't heard someone being so, like, passionate and excited about Metopia. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I really, really liked Metopia. It just felt like the natural, here's a bit more what you can do with the Tomodachi Life people. And also just a really solid RPG in general. Each class has their ups and downs. Each behavior has their ups and downs. So you're not, there's no definitive best team to run. You just run the team you want to run. Yeah. Yeah, because like, to be it's honest, awesome. like it's coming out in, I guess, I guess it's a bit over a week. Um, but it's sort of like it wasn't really on my radar, but I'll definitely try and check it out to at least talk about it, the people that might be considering it, I reckon. Yeah, check out the demo. There's a demo out for it. So yeah, you could put yourself a, in. You could have I've downloaded the demo. Second runner. <laughs> I will it. provide I my it. me if, if you would like. I have a me all set up and ready to go. I'm ready. My <laughs> yeah. body is ready to play Metopia. My body is literally Reggie. It's my me. <laughs> it is Reggie. He is the leader of the bunch. Metadox is saying things in the chat. Got no idea what Meta's saying. Mukate <laughs> I have no idea what I just said, but I said I don't it. know. It sounds like Kokoro, but that's not hard. I'll just ah. do my best JoJo impression. <laughs> that's all I try to do. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's oh. the only one I know. Oh. Oh, <laughs> quickly, quickly, check, move on quickly. Oh, Jotaro. Oh, God. Okay, look, I, I've only just, I've only just <laughs> okay, started watching it. That's again. I've only just started watching it, so I'm only just like getting the hype behind it. I have not watched it. So what are you actually talking about? I've got no idea. Jojo. Jojo. Right. It's the must-watch show that, you know, the kids are talking about these days. Oh, the kids. I've got to keep up with the kids. Isn't part six coming soon, actually? I heard that. I don't know. It's so strange, but it's interesting to watch. I don't know how to explain it. It's just... It's I weird. Describe it's, it's, art in it's bizarre. I think it's bizarre. It's in the name. Jojo's Bizarre Adventures. It's in the name. I mean, yeah, I get that, but like, I, I don't know. It's yeah. It's it, art it, it, It's grabbed me. It's grabbed me. I don't know. I don't know what about it, but it's grabbed me. Uh, what can we watch it on? Back. Uh, uh, Netflix, actually. Netflix, cool. Oh, huh? is it on Netflix? And Crunchyroll, probably. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the first, the first two parts are on Netflix, um, and then the rest is on Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll is free, by the way. I had to clarify that to somebody that I was like, you could watch it on Crunchyroll. And they're like, I just don't have the money to spend. I'm like, no, it's free. Yeah, it is, yeah. You can pay for ads or if you really, really need to watch and an, an episode. Like right now, hmm. <laughs> Tropical Rouge is the best. So I, my sister and I are subscribed to Crunchyroll just so we can get that episode like an hour after it's done and we don't got to wait the week. I want Verve for here. Stuff. We don't yeah. have Verve. No. VOV is pretty good, but I feel like it's been losing some shows. It had a lot of Nickelodeon, but then Nickelodeon packed up and moved to Paramount Plus. 
No, that is a whole other discussion to have the the stream the streaming platform situation because at this point it is getting severely inflated and I'm wondering when streaming services are going to start merging together. Because I, I just want to watch of. I just want to watch the new Pokemon series, but it's not on Netflix in Australia. And it's just so frustrating. I got to get no? like I got to no. get a VPN. Some of the owners, yeah. You know where you can watch them, but people forget you can watch them on Twitch on the Pokemon anime channel. There's oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you oh. can go on there and watch any episode that, that they're currently streaming. Oh, Pokemon Journeys. Ah, yeah. uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about because they got like the first season and that's stuff um, on Netflix. It's just not the uh, Pokemon Journeys, the brand new stuff. Yeah, and Pokemon Journeys, I have a love-hate relationship with that show because it's like we're not stuck in a region, so we can go wherever we want, cover whatever we want, all sorts of regions. You know, we can highlight certain trainers when we want to. It's all good. I'm like, yeah, this is great. We really should have done this 20 years ago. Yeah, sounds cool. Because it seems like at this point that it's almost like, oh my goodness, look, the Talo. It's this new Pokemon. I bet you can get it in your game right now. And you, know, <laughs> you look to your sword and shit Pokedex and you're like, <laughs> no, I can't. Yeah, Game Freak it, and the animation really did team did a, not talk to one another. <laughs> it no, at a no. very awkward time. Because I like that they can go like wherever they want and that the people they are showing are more accurate to their video game counterparts. I don't know. Creative liberty is fun, but also they just go a little nuts. Like, are we ever going to see Omega Ruby people? Are we ever? I don't think so. No. Or Heart Gold and Soul Silver people. We might be seeing them with journeys. And I do love the exploration. Like, that they'll be in Kanto and then they go to Sinnoh and they'll be in Kalos and then they go to Unova. I really like that, but it came at a very awkward time for them to market the Pokemon. When you can't get those Pokemon in everything. Granted, you can get them in Pokemon Go, but that's, like, different. Yeah, that's the problem, because, like, I'm a shiny hunter, right? So in Sword Shield, we're oh, limited no. to a certain amount. <laughs> so, like, I have to oh, buy no. Omega Ruby so I can get all the ones that yeah. I need to get. And yeah, you did, it, yeah. Uh, it's I so, like, post. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. You got in that. Listen, if you're a dedicated shiny hunter, you know what I you're getting. Into. I know. I, don't that. worry. I knew I was getting in as soon as I started going for the living bug decks. Cause like my bugs are my favorite type. So I'm like, I'm gonna get every shiny bug, and then I'm like, stuff it. Why am I just going for bugs? I should just go for all of them. So that's like, uh, well, what's what's your plan for Genesect? Uh, event. <laughs> Hopefully, I can hack an event Pokemon or something. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you cheating bastard. Oh, no hacking Pokemon, around here. Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. Yeah, true. Go, true, true, true. Yeah, true, true, true. Very yeah. true. Hey, if people are listening to me, uh, hit me up with a remote raid invite, please, because I uh, don't get anyone inviting me to uh, Genesect raids. Genesect's not in rotation at the moment anyway, but... No, that's true. That's true. That's the other point. We're finally... At, the raids were on, like, on hold for a whole year. First of all, where the heck did EX raids go? I know exactly where they went, but I'm just saying. That Where'd they go? I missed them. Down. Yes. Anyway. All right, guys. But actually, just quickly. Oh, just quickly. Oh, just quickly. Oh, just quickly. interesting <laughs> that they're allowing certain shinies only in Pokemon Go as compared to mainline games. It's very awkward Genesect. when they're like, "Yeah, check it out. This one's a shiny now. Goldine yeah. is shiny. It's like yeah. great." Well, they they, they want it just for like the marketing, but like, here, here is here is a brand new Pokemon. It's exciting. There's no shiny. 
fans are like, all right, you catch that Pokemon, you evolve it, you know, you, you've had your fun with it. Then six months later, this Pokemon is now shiny. So every single Pokemon in the Pokedex gets basically two big hits that um, you know Niantic and Pokemon Go and Nintendo can be like, all right, this is a reason to come back to the game. Because like, if your favorite... Woot please. Your favorite is the shiny now. So yes. Like, oh, always. Just newsflash, shiny Gibble community day is coming up. So uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a Swablu community day at the end of this week too. Oh, oh excellent reminder. Reminder for everyone. I am, I am asleep on Pokemon Go. Oh, fair enough. Why I'm waiting for that mysterious Pikmin game. That's where my energy's going. Oh, you're going to be walking around bloody patting Pikmin and throwing the purple <laughs> one at your mate. And they're like, oh, they go. <laughs> What I do in bingo battle that causes people to hate me. All right, because of that tangent, what we'll do is we'll wrap up the show and we'll continue discussion from there. All right. Okay. So, Bryce, um, yeah, I'll try and sell everyone on this uh, third game before we wrap things up. Oh my gosh, I, I forgot all about the third game. <laughs> we all did. Don't worry about that. But uh, look, this this cool. is a, this is a banger, ladies and gentlemen. This game is called Ninja Epic Adventure. It's five dollars. Oh, and nine cents is fifteen percent off from six dollars. Everyone get amongst this. It's an epic adventure. It'll get you so excited. So uh, their blurb on the eShop reads: Help your ninja buddy and his pals go through four worlds and thirty-six levels in this side-scrolling arcade platformer game. Defeat monsters, collect coins, and unlock weapons and new characters. Main features include. Four worlds, 36 levels, four boss fights at, at final level. Fair enough. That makes sense. There's a boss fight at the final level. So nice sound and graphics. Uh, sh- shop system using free coins gained through playing to unlock new characters and to collect items. So that's nice they put that there. Actually, there's no microtransactions in this goddamn $5.09 game. Hit blocks. Oh, thank to, God for that. <laughs> hit blocks to release random items. Special bullet range attack. Addictive jump and run platformer slash obstacles runner. Yeah. Side scroller gameplay with easy controls. Enjoy. One of the characters is a monkey. There is, yeah. So. It's um, a cowgirl. Guys, how would you describe this? <laughs> yeah, there is. How would you describe the screenshots you're looking at to the audio listeners at the it's moment? It's a Mario ripoff. I can see it part of like a mobile game. Points. Hang on, what was it called again? Ninja, Ninja Epic, Epic Adventure. Adventure. Ninja it's just Epic a Mario Adventure. ripoff. It's just a Mario ripoff, but with Ninja uh, I have that and... Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, my router. Stop it. My router. No, actually, it's my phone. I think my you phone. should say the notice on this is that the sale ends on the 9th of 6th. Whoa, that looks extremely bootleg. Yeah, extremely. <laughs> extremely. Uh, so what do we got? We've got Sun Wukong the Monkey King. Yep. Uh, we've got... Ninja Garden what? Ninja. Uh, is that Ninja Garden Ninja? No, not really. I'm just saying this for fun. No. It just looks like a weird, like, generic... No, it's Naruto. Come on, what are the, One of the enemies is... is a, I'm sorry, I'm not educated. One of the enemies is a snail. <laughs> No, you're very, an anime. very unamused now. <laughs> I'm not an educator. No, like a... <laughs> Educate yourself. One looks like these. These enemies look like clip art. If I'm going to be very frank. Yeah. 
Yes, yes, yes. Oh, they probably it. are. They're probably free to use Clivart. Now it's only a one player game. It's a single player game. Yeah, so I know you guys are really keen to get this, but this might actually might actually persuade mm-hmm. you a little bit. Um, it doesn't support cloud saves, guys. No cloud saves. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, no. So so we could This is a huge <laughs> blow to the community. <laughs> so yeah. Don't worry about it, guys. Save you five dollars and nine cents. No cloud saves. Yep. Sorry about that. Yeah, don't bother. Don't bother. All right, guys. Thank you very much for joining us for episode 186 of the House of Mario. Thanks for coming in. Like we say, no the doors are always open, so come on in. Wacko Jacko, Defino Durans, you're always welcome on the House of Mario. No Thank worries. So Sorry for interrupting. You weren't interrupting. It's fine. <laughs> we had to fill time, damn it. We needed content. Okay, you're welcome. If you need content, <laughs> I can always give you too many words. That's fine. I already get too many bloody words from Bryce, Jacko, so I don't know about that. No, mate. hey, 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 okay. No. Okay. You, you, you say that, much. but then when you have a tangent, I don't get to press the stupid goose button. No, you don't. don't. The goose button. That's fine. Even last week's episode, you were arguing against yourselves. I'm like, this is brilliant content. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. I can hear Bryce from my bloody house here. Oh, there's the goose. Oh, there's fuck off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Go away. Does the goose have a name? Uh, Bryce. <laughs> Gerald. Oh. Okay, this is completely off topic. That reminds me, yesterday I saw a bunch of Canadian geese on the way home from a restaurant and they had little ducklings. Oh, I got it. Let me get the photo. They were That's adorable. That's Don't wonderful. let Drew get a hold of them. He'll call them Bryce, Bryce Jr., Bryce Jr., Bryce Jr., Bryce Jr. And senior, junior, junior. Senior, junior. And senior, junior, 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 junior. Yeah. Well, I'll tell <laughs> see it happening now. I tell you what, Bryce. If you see the uh, the live stream that's been running for the past two hours, this has been a very long setup for this joke. So, anyway. Anyway, guys, if you enjoy the show, you can find us over at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Be sure to follow us there. And if you want to support the show, you can also leave us a review on your podcast player of choice. You can find me at iDruby and you can follow the show at The House of Mario. Bryce can be found at IV Revan. And Delfino? Yeah, that's right. Where can they find you? If you, yeah. if anyone wants to check well, out your work or... I, I do have a YouTube channel. It's Delfino Durians. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a space between Delfino and Durians. And actually, uh, well, can I market myself a little bit? That's yeah. exactly what you can do. May I market myself? Get in silence. No pressure. I'll take. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, my sister and I are going to be making a podcast soon. Ooh. So the episodes Ooh. will be uploaded there. Excellent. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Do you know what the podcast is going to be called? Nah. <laughs> well, audio's cutting out for me. Dang it, what uh, is happening? Don't uh, stress. That's all good. That's Discord for you. It's got a cursed name, maybe. Worse. <laughs> Anyways, it'll, it is going to be titled The uh, Pastel and Peach Super Show Saga. Watching oh, video game TV shows, Ooh. regretting doing so immediately Ooh. after. Guests are very welcome, by the way. Ooh, I want that. I I, I want to listen to that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Thank you. We we just dis- we discussed are- Zelda cartoon last week actually because oh, uh, yes, that was brilliant. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Not- 
I have not caught up the podcast, so I have to listen. Yeah, listen to listen to it last. Uh, listen to last week's because uh, there there was actually the uh, somebody that worked on it come in, uh, come out and commented about it. But yeah, anyway, anyway, oh, continue really? what you were saying. Was it Bob Forward? Was it Bob Forward? It was. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that dude's been pretty talkative about his experiences. Anyways, uh, but yeah, <laughs> we are we are going to be skipping the uh, Super Mario Bros. Super Show show and the zelda cartoon because my my other favorite podcast i'm sorry you guys aren't my favorite podcast you're my (gasps) second favorite i'm sorry no but my number one favorite podcast uh recently ended because they had watched the super show and they did zelda and they were dabbling into mario 3 and then they're like this is terrible we hate this goodbye (laughs) it's like no we gotta continue it on so we will be continuing it on uh episodes will be weekly i don't have a date yet for you that's still in the air but episodes will be coming out weekly just on youtube i'm not doing the apple podcast spotify hullabaloo it's just going out on youtube fair call it'll be audio based yeah anyways guests are extremely welcome so please come on we gotta talk about mario 3 that's the one we're doing first that sounds I awesome. All of that too. Yes. Thank you so much. So we'll definitely um, yeah. have you on again. You can shout out yourself Mark again it once it's uh, once it's up and running. Once it's thank live. you so much. Yeah. Also absolutely. in the uh, general chat room in the House of Mario Discord, I've got the pictures of the duckies. <laughs> they are adorable. I it's can believe I saw them in person. It was so good. Wouldn't it be weird if we saw Canadian geese in Australia? That yeah. would be weird, would, I would think. Nah, nah. nah. They're, no, no they're, they're, part, they're part of the Commonwealth. It's fine. Oh, true, true, true. <laughs> <laughs> what about, what about you, Wacko Jacko? Where can they find you? Uh, you find me on Twitter, Wacko Jacko. The O on the end is a zero, and I got a shiny timber 59 minutes ago. The end. Well done. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm just a sad shiny hunter, and yeah. yeah, you're unamused at this point. You're like, I'm yeah. over finding shiny Pokemon. Yeah. They're not even exciting me anymore. I mean, the pro. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like I've finally figured out what being a shiny hunter really is now, and it's just like, yeah, I just got to stick to it. You just got to once you start, you just can't. You got to you know, pace yourself. You know, make sure that you're taking necessary breaks to keep your mentality normal. Um, it sounds like um. Like when you're taking a very high dosage of some sort of medication, well, my like medication you get easily addicted to it, and then yeah. it turns into taking huge amounts is doing nothing for you because you've <laughs> got it. Well, my medication currently is a very good one. I go to see my baby daughter in hospital, so yeah, she seeing her really Aww. makes my day. So, yeah. oh, well, that's yeah. just a dopamine medication. Yeah, Something exactly. Something we all need in our lives. Yes, correct. Woo. So yeah, woo woo. All right. So for what might be the longest wrap-up we've ever had, which was very, very <laughs> fun, very enjoyable. Thank you guys for joining us. Yeah, no worries. Fun. Thank you for leaving the door open. No worries. Yes. I was like, I don't but, want to intrude, and you're like, come on in. You might want to lock it next time, just, you know, heads yeah, up. We'll see. So, well, I've got to be honest, guys. I'm about to shut the door. You can either get out or All right. you, can, you can sleep on the couch or something. I'm, I'm pretty easy. Just yeah, don't, okay. don't take the master bedroom. That's where I sleep. 
Um, Bryce no, occasionally comes in for a snuggle, but you know he usually yep. has to go back to his room as well. So yep. there's, there's nothing uh, too uh, too sexual. Look, mate, it gets cold in the basement when you leave me. Do, do you mind right. if I sleep on the carpet floor and downstairs? I mean, you're more than welcome. More than welcome. Oh, well, I like you had to I... clarify that. It wasn't intentionally obvious. It's it's full of bag and swag. It's fine. It's full of a Yoshi hair, so maybe maybe don't uh, do that. It's a bit gross. Emphasis on hair. Yes, Yoshi hair. Yeah. Anyway, guys, the doors. Yoshi's reptile. To the house of Mario. (laughs) Are closed. Shut the doors. Catch you later. Bye. He just slapped the door in my face, and I'm really offended.